What it do? What it do? I'm back. I had a one day vacation last week. Yeah. A, a little hiatus, but it's all good. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back like a. I'm back like I forgot my car keys, man. Jordan, so. the weekend, Jean Louis. Dude, oh, that man. that video was just fantastic. I don't know how you hit that high note. I, still, I didn't even see the video. Wait, hold on a second. Uh, I, was I wish we had social media where we could man. put that up. Yeah, but uh, no, like y'all held it down. Y'all held the fort down yes last week for real. But I'm back. Yo, I gotta be honest. I missed the countdown, dude. I thought we were gonna have access to that last. But I love that little. I'll, I'll just be. Yeah, we we started it, and and Maz was sort of just like, uh, oh, I guess we're started now. I guess we're live. <laughs> I guess we're live. We're live. I bet. No right recording though. Anybody All right, jumping into it. Anybody going once? All right, twice? so uh, what's the first topic, fellas? All Matt, right, so. his, who, who's who's even hosting tonight? We are. Absolute. Here we go. We never decide upon us. All right, let's do this. All right. <laughs> tell me you're me. unprofessional with tell without telling me you're unprofessional. I didn't tell you I was unprofessional, but now nah, I am. I just I meant us as a show, you schmuck. Yeah, we are schmucks, but that's why everyone loves us. All right, so we're going to kick it off with the NFL and this insane divisional playoff weekend. Probably the best weekend of playoff football I have ever seen in my life. Yeah, probably the Crazy. worst for my predictions. Jesus Christ. Yeah, 0 and 4, been Maz. So, never Jeez. been that bad, dude. What but happened? We're going to hop into the first game. Bengals-Titans on Saturday night in Tennessee. Tennessee coming in as the one seed. Joe Burr. Knocks off the Titans it, on an Evan McPherson, was a 43-yard field goal as time expired, 1916. The Bengals took down the Titans, and what a game was it. I'm going to start with Jay. To, to be honest, because I, I know I missed like half the game because like we were all in the studio like when it happened or I was driving home. But because uh, it, was, it was 4.30. That's when the game was. I think it was the early game. And uh, but no, like from what I saw, like the last bit of it, like you know, like they were stopping Derrick Henry, which I mean, I I picked the Titans to win because of that reason, Derrick Henry. Um, but I mean, me being a Ravens fan, I mean, Burroughs is, I mean, legit man. Like he's he, he's come off the ACL injury uh, a year or two ago. Like you know, he plays like he he he's playing like he was playing at LSU, man. Like you know, so. Um, I'm excited for him, man. You know, him and Jamar Chase are in Nixon. Oh, man. It's crazy. But, yeah, man, like, they did good. They played good, and they, they deserve it. All right, Mass. Yo, Joe Burrow's the real deal, bro. I mean, I know he didn't score any touchdowns, but he only threw one interception. He still threw for 348 yards. I mean, he, he was running for his life a little bit there. I think he got sacked, like, nine times. But I mean, still, it says right. He came out with a 93.1 quarterback rating, which is pretty decent, you know. So I, I think he's the real deal, man. I think Joe Burrow is going to be around for a while. I don't know if they make it past the next round against the Chiefs, but I do know that that's going to be an exciting game because both offenses are going to be coming in and it's going to be just like that Bills game. I feel like not in terms of a maybe not like late second. That was the best ending ever I think I've ever seen. We'll get to that. But I just think there's a lot of uh, firepower coming in. I'm surprised the Titans lost this one. But, I mean, 
it, it is what it is. I, I thought Derrick Henry was going to have a bigger impact on the game. He was still pretty uh, decent uh, with his touchdown and 62 yards. But at the end of the day, I mean, they just couldn't get it done. And Ryan Tannenhill, oh, man, what a struggle. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is not a bad quarterback, you know, like I don't, I'm not sitting here saying that he's Aaron Rodgers or a superstar, but you know, he's, I I could think of a lot worse guys I could have back there. And, you know, he just wasn't looking great the entire game, but AJ Brown. Wow. What a game out of him. 142 yards and a touchdown, but I don't know, man. I think Julio Jones definitely, uh, could have impacted the game a little more. He's been looking a little rusty. I mean, I know he still had like six receptions for like a little over 60 yards, but it was just an, it, it was a weird one, man. And I, I'm surprised the Bengals got it done, but I'm happy that Joe Burrow and the boys came out of that one on top. I, I would love to see the Cinderella underdog story, but they got some fierce competition. I, I don't even know if they make it past the next round. All right, Matt. No, I, I actually did have the uh, – I told end up going with the Titans to win this game. But originally, I had my gut feeling before Maz told me that Derrick Henry was returning was that the Bengals had this That's one. right. You switched your prediction. I forgot about that. I know. I should have stuck with my gut feeling because I knew what this offense was capable of. They're, they may be young and not have, may not have the most experience, but they are so dynamic. And what did I say? This man, Joe Burrow, is so poised, man. You can just see the confidence just radiating uh, from his body and just the, the aura his team has, the offense has around this dude, man. They just fully believe in this guy. And for good reason. He's so talented. It's, he Like Matt said, he didn't score any touchdowns. But when you needed him to step up, he made every big play. He was under duress the entire game. That that The Titans defense definitely did what I thought it would do. Even better. I didn't realize – I didn't think they would get that much pressure on him. I knew they would probably make it rough for him. But the Titans' D-line were all over Joe Burrow for the uh, for the majority of the game. And he stayed in the pocket. He took those hits. He wasn't flinching. He wasn't rushing his throws. He wasn't uh, he wasn't throwing off his back foot. And, and uh, he, he waited for his feet to get set. He was just doing it. He, he looked like a vet out there. He looked really, really good out there. Um but now I have to say, Ryan Tannehill, man, Mad, you not say you saying he's not a bad quarterback? Well, he damn sure ain't a good one. Uh, he's not. He's not the quarterback you need. That's gonna, especially in the AFC with all those elite quarterbacks out there. Not even to mention um, uh, Gil, uh Gilbert on the um, the Chargers, who, who wasn't even in the playoffs. But Joe Burrow, Herbert? Josh Allen, Herbert, excuse me, Herbert. Um, like I said, Joe Burrow. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Ryan Tannehill isn't – you're not beating any of those guys with Ryan Tannehill. I don't care how good your rush is. I don't care how good your – But whoa, how can you say that where, like, we've seen worse quarterbacks win Super Bowls? Trent Dilfer? I mean, dude, come on. Nick look, look, Foles, Nick Foles is not a better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill. Come on, man. So I know, but he also like, scored – he also put up, what, 40-something against Bill Belichick's defense. I don't think Ryan Tannehill is doing that. How do you know that, Hell though? Because no. if he has a defense to give him the opportunities and if he actually has – like, don't get me wrong. If this Titans team's mm-hmm. fully healthy, completely different story. I mean, Henry just got back. Julio could have had a, a – I, I thought should have had a, a bigger impact on the game just because of the level of talent we're accustomed to seeing from him, even though he's been slumping lately. A couple of injuries here and there. And I don't know, man. I mean, it's Ryan Tannehill, I could think of a lot of guys worse. I think – 
Correct me if I'm wrong. For I think Ryan Tannehill is absolutely a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. Mm, I don't know about top 15. He, he, probably right barely, there. he probably barely sneaks in, but I'm he's saying like, like, I, I said he wasn't an elite talent. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's like we like, I've been talking about that Mac Jones, Jimmy Garoppolo guy. He's one of those, but he's better than Garoppolo in my opinion. It's just Garoppolo's working with some elite talent on defense and stuff, you know. So yeah, before we move on from this game, I, 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 can't, I can't I can't give Ryan Tannehill that type of pass. Three interceptions and one of the, his very first passes was a pick. And then that one, that that crucial turnover, when they were in the end zone, he looks for the, the underneath. I think he was trying to hit his running back or maybe it was a screen. The, the the cornerback is literally playing the flat. He's literally right in front of you, and you still throw it? That, yeah, that just, uh, listen. You know, Joe Burrow it, wouldn't, wouldn't even do that. And he's, what, in his second, third year? Ryan Tannehill is not going to carry you in a, to a Super Bowl. It's, it's not happening. Oh, I don't think Ryan Tannehill's – I agree with you 100%. I don't think anybody's sitting here saying – I said he's not an elite talent. I'm just saying there's right. worse guys you could have that are in the league that have starting jobs. I mean, I can think of a right. lot of guys I'd rather not have compared to Ryan Tannehill. But I mean, I think it's, I mean, I think it's fair to say that, like, you know, uh, Tannehill is um, – like nothing without Derrick Henry, you know what I'm saying? Because Henry does all the work, you know what I'm saying? That's, he's got to establish the play action, man. You got to so, get the run going because they're these Garoppolo too. They all work off of getting the play action. Yeah, because these past couple playoffs. Yeah, because these past couple playoff games for the Titans, like you know, they were like having on the run, like just, just like Matt says, like Derrick Henry is not just a running back; he can catch the ball in the backfield too. So I mean, I mean, like. Get some credit to Derrick Henry, like for because he carry, he carries a load, you know. But they, they got to dump back. without Henry a lot of but the season. I mean, I mean, I'm saying like in the past, like Tennessee has relied on Derrick Henry to carry a load, you know what I'm saying? Because of how he for you know, sure. So. I mean, listen, I, I think if you're gonna blame the loss on somebody, yeah, it's definitely Tannehill. Yeah, but, definitely the quarterback. Yeah. You know, wait, I mean, wait, dude. Before we move ahead. on, I want to talk quickly about Bengals rookie kicker Evan McPherson. That Dude kid said, already, guess we're going to the AFC that, Championship. Joe game Burrow gets dunk. him in the field goal range. It wasn't even it wasn't even a chip shot. On grass in Tennessee, outdoors, 40 something yarder. Didn't January. he make two fifty yard field goals in the game? I think he yeah. made two fifty. Yeah. Dude, Dude, that that he got nerves of steel. Yeah, this kid, he's like it was a it was a uh, 52 yarder. 52 yarder. He goes to Joe Burrow. Guess looks. Guess it looks like we're going to the AFC Championship game. Love it. Wow. Dude, the confidence, man. The Joe Burrow effect. Hey, man, radiant, man, this, this, these, these Bengals got swagger. I mean, I did say in last week's podcast, if I expected anyone in the AFC at this moment to beat the Chiefs, it was going to be the Bills. Didn't work out that way. Bengals are going to put up a little bit of a fight. They won, I think, was it week 14 this season? It's going to be an exciting rematch, but, I mean, we're, we'll have to see later on. So, moving and, on uh, from – from Cincinnati and Tennessee. Second game of the Saturday doubleheader, San Francisco and Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers coming in, age 38 season, was looking like the MVP. And Jimmy, the game manager, Garoppolo. I swear, this guy does the most bare minimum of any quarterback in NFL history, and he still gets playoff wins. I'm going to read off his playoff stats in a minute here. In, In his career... For playoff stats only. This man has been to a Super Bowl, and now he's been to an NFC Championship game. His career postseason stats. Two touchdowns, five interceptions, 146 yards passing per game, 
and a 44.8 QBR in his career in the playoffs with a playoff with a Super Bowl run and now an NFC Championship game run. What do you guys have to say about this? We're going to start with Matt now. Uh, this game really surprised me. I think we all picked the Packers. But this did all this game did was confirm what I said originally on the last show. Or it was it was either the, the show the last show, the show, the show before that. Aaron Rodgers in the postseason does not live up to his regular season hype. The MVPs, the monster performances. He was what was he? One in four in that in a conference championships of uh, going into this season. And you lose to Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, obviously, he was facing the defense. It wasn't, it's not one-on-one. This isn't basketball where the quarterback can obviously go up against the other uh, the other quarterback. But Aaron Rodgers, even though he didn't have any interceptions, he did he didn't play bad, but he doesn't reach that superstar level in the playoffs where you would assume that a player of his caliber, that talented, would make the biggest plays in the game. He never makes the, the key plays in a signature win in, in postseason. I'm talking postseason only. Um, the uh, San Francisco came out. They were on him, pressuring him, made it difficult, similar to how Cincinnati, I mean, uh, how the Titans made it hard for Joe Burrow and Cincinnati. The San Francisco 49ers D-line was all over Aaron Rodgers. But I got to give credit to the special teams, man. Special teams and defense is what really carried the San Francisco team to the W. The block kick uh, when Aaron Rodgers fumbled it. Uh, like I said, he was under the rest. San Francisco made all the key plays defensively. J- Jimmy Garoppolo, we know he, he is carried by his defenses. You just read his postseason stats. He doesn't do anything special. He does make – I think he did make some bigger plays than Aaron Rodgers did, even if you want to argue Rodgers had a slightly better game. I think Jimmy Garoppolo made – he stepped up in key moments more than Aaron Rodgers did. Um, so I, I I didn't expect this, but um, I actually looked at the history bet- uh, between these two teams, and actually going into this game, Aaron Rodgers was actually 0-3 or 0-4 against this team before this – uh, going into this game. So maybe if I had looked at that, I would have told San Fran uh, earlier. All right. So, uh, Maz, what was your impression of the game? Um, that defense is insane over in San Francisco. I mean, they come up to – they're they're from Southern California, you know, and they come – and don't get me wrong. Like, we know, like, the Bay can get a little cold at times, but it ain't nothing like that weather up in Wisconsin going into Green Bay. They go into Green Bay. They do absolute work. I mean, Rodgers didn't throw for a touchdown. They held Aaron Jones to like 41 yards. And they they were the shining star of this performance for me. And the special teams getting that block uh, punt. But I'm just pretty annoyed, man, because it's like Dak Prescott plays the San Francisco team, right? They lose a, a close one. Dak throws for like – 254 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. And granted, his completions wasn't the greatest, but he was getting pressured the entire game. And I'm not giving Dak a pass. I'm just saying Dak plays this defense overrated quarterback because he loses to him. Aaron Rodgers, who's supposed to be the league MVP, throws for less yards. Granted, he completed 20 of 29, but throws for less yards at 225, no touchdowns, loses 13 to 10, and it's still like, oh, we're just gonna give him a pass. I'm oh, with he's not getting a pass. He's, getting, getting, no he's getting, he's getting I blasted seen, right now. I haven't seen enough of it, man. I, I'm, I'm with Matt. I, I think Aaron Rodgers, bro. People are attacking Aaron Rodgers' legacy right dude, now. I, I'm with him at this point. I mean, he's. But you're saying he's, he's not getting hated right now. He's getting hated. I haven't seen it. Is what I'm saying. I, <laughs> not maybe, enough. You must be liking. blind, bro. You <laughs> must be blind. You know what it is, dude? I think it's just like. 
all my social media just gets flooded with like like the algorithm just keeps on sending me like all the cowboys hate so like i'm seeing like a little bit of it but like we're not talking like we weren't talking about this team this defense being elite when they played the cowboys oh there it was a mediocre team this and that then they shut down aaron Rodgers. And it's a, it's an elite defense, and so there's a cop out there because he had to put up with the elite defense, and they shut down Jones. Well, they shut down Zeke too. What's the difference? I mean, I don't know, man. Aaron Rodgers needs to get the hell up out of Green Bay, in my opinion. All right, Jay. So, what you what you think about this game? Well, the podcast that um the last podcast I was on, I mean, I mean, I thought the weather was going to be a factor for. The- like for the 49ers, because like like Matt said, like we all said that they come from like California, where it's nice and sun, nice and sunny. But it didn't look like it it affected them like at all. Like I mean, they were ready for like the like, they knew what was at stake. Um, but the thing is, I was looking at on on ESPN with the stats, and um, I think that Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he 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 went twenty for twenty nine, like two hundred something yards, and he had a, a rating of a ninety one point nine, I think. And um, Jimmy had like 100-something passing yards, and he had, like, a lower QBR, um, which is kind of odd. But, I mean, it was a low-scoring game. Um, So, Aaron Rodgers, he had a fairly good game when it comes to yardage. But, I mean, just like uh, Matt said for his take, I think that the defense and special teams took took this game. I don't think offense was clicking on both sides for, like, the passing and stuff. But, I mean, I love that dude uh, on the front lines, uh, Brandon Ayuk. He's a beast, man. Um, I, I think Aaron uh, Adam Adam Jones had, um, I think like 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 twenty something yards. I think it's or something like. I think Aaron Jones. Had, yeah, Aaron Jones had like Aaron Jones had forty one yards. Forty one yards. They shut him down rushing, but receiving. I mean, he was doing work out there. Doing work. He's a leading receiver, you know, yeah. Dude, he yeah, dude, he put yeah. up one hundred and twenty nine yards coming out of there. So, but I think the problem was is that they just were only looking for two guys the whole game. I mean, mm-hmm. he literally was hitting Devonta Adams and Aaron Jones. That was basically it. Everybody else, I mean, hit Lazard and Lewis for one pass each, and, and Lewis had a fumble too. Yeah, so it was rough, dude. And I mean, like it. It's not that Rodgers had a bad game. It's just, like, you need to kick it into that next gear, man. Right. And plus, I mean, they got – I think they got their key players back on defense, like uh, Jahir Alexander. They they got um, – mm-hmm. They got – Bosa Dar- came back. Darius Smith, I think. Um, or may, I think he came back on the on the, on, the, on the Green Bay. Yeah, Nick Bosa came back with a uh, – he had a, a couple of tackles. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, it just comes down that game's coming out the defense and special teams, obviously because they won thirteen to ten. Um, but yeah, like just like Matt, I'm up for four. I mean, I picked the Packers. Like I think we all did. We all picked. Um, yeah, we did. But like after, at, like after it does his take, I want to um, ask the question about Aaron Rodgers about like what's next steps because I know he said he's gonna talk with Team Brass in the offseason, talk talk with them, and what and what does that mean to y'all? So, but and. Go. I mean, we're here right now. He just brought it up. Like, we might as well hit it. We had it on the list. Well, yeah. Well, my question was, my, my apparently my take's not important to Naz. I, I mean, I mean, I want to hear what you saw from this game, but within your take, yeah, hit me with Rogers' future. Yeah. So the question, right. so, the, so the question was like, so I think in his statement he said that um, he was gonna in the offseason he's gonna take some time. He's gonna talk with his with the Green Bay first. Before it makes it so, I want to see your take. Uh, hear your take about like what does that mean? He's gonna go to the team best first. Like, is that does that mean that's good good for Aaron? He's coming back, or 
Do you think he's leaving? All so. right. So this Aaron, Aaron Rodgers situation has always been a little funky. I, I personally don't think Aaron has ever really had a great relationship with the Green Bay front office, even since he was drafted. You know, he had to sit a few years behind Brett Favre. His his NFL career kind of got off to a slow start before you know he went on won the Super Bowl's first year as a starter. I mean, it's gotten a little bit better, but I mean, these last few years it is just tanked. They have not surrounded him with the best weapons outside of Devontae Adams. He's sort of been carrying that franchise for the last ten or so years. So I, I think Aaron Rodgers is starting to he this this like last offseason, I should say, was the one where he was starting to see, all right, maybe I should start to look towards another team. This was his last year. I think this was Green Bay's last year. This was their title year. Because they have a lot of free agents leaving this year. And they're not going to be able to take the sign back every one of them. So Green Bay is going to be in a tough spot. And if Aaron Rodgers leaves, you could tell Green Bay is going to be last place in the NFC North next year if he leaves. He they might get four wins next year if he leaves. He carries that franchise, and Aaron Rodgers knows this too. So he's going to be taking that into his his bargaining agreement with with the Packers. He's going to say, "Yo, pay me this money for X amount of years, and if you don't, your team's going to suck." So Aaron Rodgers definitely has the upper hand in this in these negotiations. And I and personally, I do kind of wish to see him somewhere else. I think there are other. I mean, him and LaFleur make a great connection, don't get me wrong, but there are other like teams that could be a greater fit. Like, imagine him in San Francisco instead of Jimmy. That would be crazy. I mean, they, they would have, he had Debo, he had Ayuk, he had uh, George Kittle as targets to throw to instead of freaking Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Andrew Lazard, bro. Yeah, I, I, I just think Aaron Rodgers needs a little bit of a change of scenery. Just give him a few more weapons, and I think – he can get over the top. I mean, I mean, I would say the Saints, but now we have breaking news that uh, freaking um, Sean, Sean Payton, Payton, Sean Payton, so. Sean Payton just blew up that team and left. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like you, like I think you're right. Like they do have uh, him, and Matt Lafleur do have a, a strong relationship, but I mean, I think that you know, I think like you said, like I think this was their championship year. Like everyone had high hopes on them. I, I mean, I think. Uh, that's that's hard question because Tom Brady and Aaron, they're both like you know neck and neck with the MVP. So I mean maybe it's Aaron Rodgers MVP year, maybe not. Maybe Tom Brady's gonna take it. But I mean I don't know. I, I can't. I don't know where he's. I mean obviously his buddy Aaron Joe is, is gonna follow him wherever he goes. Um, so that team's gonna you know. But but so you like if like like you don't have faith in um, Jordan Love, or do, do you think they'll go up? Uh, the kid's got the talent. Don't get me wrong. The kid's got talent. But what I've seen from him in the few starts that he made is he just looks a little tentative. He looks well, yeah, scared. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it. It's his first start and he's just learning. But he's also a was it now a third year pro? This is third year in the league or second year? Second year. This is his second year in the league. So he should be somewhat adapted for sitting behind Aaron Rodgers for a season. I mean, you, you come in in a game against Kansas City who would – had looked terrible that entire season up to that point. They were the le- like the lowest ranked defense in football at that point in the season against the pass, and he did not do anything against them. The so Jordan that- Love, I I I see the talent. He's got the arm. He's got I think I think he's got the IQ. He because he was making great decisions when he was playing against the Chiefs. That what I saw. He was making great decisions. It's just that 
I just think he plays a little scared, and that's the only issue I got. Yeah, before Brandon and Matt uh, said their takes, I mean, um, like like what I got from that that post game, he said he does not want to rebuild, so he might. Uh, why he would might... he? He's thirty nine. Yeah, but well, like that's what he's and I quote he said, I'm not I'm not with the rebuild, so like that'll be another factor in his decision. So I think he's gonna leave. So because I mean, like you said, if he leaves then if you're not the option, they might have to go to the to the draft. They might just have to just do rebuild. So I mean go ahead, Maz. Yeah, well here's the problem, right? I mean, here's what would you rather have? Obviously, a 39-year-old quarterback who's coming off of an MVP season for the regular season. Or would you rather restart the rebuild right this second with Jordan Love? I mean, you got to make that decision as an organization. If you don't think that you can win championships with Aaron Rodgers right now, with the current roster that you have, then obviously you blow it up. We'll see what they decide. I think he's going to make the decision for them on whether or not he's going to get up out of there or if he wants to stay. The problem with it is I think he's done. I think that he had – some all he had offensive weapons, man. I mean, he had a, a great running back, a great wide receiver, and it just wasn't enough to get it done. I mean, obviously, a team is more than that, you know. This I just don't trust Green Bay's front office giving him the tools that he needs to succeed outside of that. So for me, I, I personally see him going to greener pastures. I think he I, he's from California. I don't think he wants to be up in Green Bay, especially when he's not feeling the whole uh, situation that's going there with management. I actually see him go into the Raiders who have the cap room to not only bring him in, uh, they could also bring in his boy, um, Devonta Adams. You know, so he, I think if he goes, I think Adams doesn't want to be a part of that rebuild. I think they're both going to be dipping. Whether or not they go to the same place, I don't know, but I think the Raiders could make it happen, especially when you get rid of Derek Carr off the books with it. Now, that's an interesting thing. I mean, Aaron Rodgers not having to play in the cold, just playing in that dome. I mean, completely different atmosphere. He might be even better than what we're accustomed to seeing of him. Maybe he even has some better playoffs moving down if they're getting home field advantage because you don't have to deal with the elements with it. You know, I definitely see Aaron Rodgers wanting to get out of there. I could see him going to San Francisco. And I'm if I'm San Francisco or Oakland, I'm jumping at the chance to get Las him. Vegas. guys. My bad. Wow, that was bad. I can see him going to Las Vegas or San Francisco because the guys that they have right now, I just don't see them getting it done. I don't. They're not championship quarterbacks, in my opinion. I mean, I if Jimmy saying, Garoppolo wins a championship, it's not going to be because of Jimmy Garoppolo. And also, you got to remember that San Francisco drafted Trey Lance third overall this year, so they Facts. have a, they have a lot yeah. of. Uh, Let's just say draft potential. I mean, I would say Raiders. Well, here's Who's the thing, there? though, right? He's still young. If you bring in Aaron Rodgers and you have Trey Lance sit under Aaron Rodgers for a little bit, but also you're gonna waste his entire rookie contract pretty much, and he's not gonna play it down. Yeah, but he might right. take that just to get that that experience because he knows I'm gonna be there. Uh, no, they're playing, bro. He wants Dude, to he's, play. gonna, he's gonna be looking to be a franchise quarterback, man. They took him high. They this kid didn't even play. Uh, D1. He played D1 AA for crying out loud. They took the shot at him. They see something great in him. But they're looking to win a championship right this second. So it might, they, that is a situation where you bring in Rodgers. Hey, I can go compete for championships right now. And my rebuild already has a cornerstone to move forward. That is a great situation if they pull the trigger. I mean, I'll say, I mean, I'll say Oakland too. I mean, I'm, 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 Las Vegas. Las Vegas. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Dude, I gotta be honest, dude. I, the guy who's there right now, the interim, he's been getting it done, dude. He, they're not going to bring him back. 
He is so deserving of it. How many times have we seen an interim head coach do so good for a season and then get brought back and suck? Freddie Kitchens. But how many people were going up against what this guy was going up against? I mean, you had the, the, the Gruden situation. You had the Henry Ruggs situation. It's just been nothing but chaos there in Oakland. And the guys Las Vegas. My bad. I can't get it right today. That should just be a fine, honestly. I'm so sorry. But, man, as I was saying, it's like they really need to give a Rick. uh, Ray Bisaccia. Thank you, Rick. I can't say that. Ray Bisaccia. Thank you. Ray Bisaccia. The chance, man. God, I'm just fumbling the ball here tonight, so I'm gonna pass this off. But right, this guy's let, the guy let, for me, bro. Let I me... want to let Matt get in on this. Yeah, Matt. Yeah, yeah. go ahead, go, brother. Uh, well, I, I think he's gone too. But I want to say, do we all agree that this was probably Aaron Rodgers' worst loss of his career? Did we all the Giants that? won. The Giants won in a with 2000. I think, I think I think his worst loss was when they didn't they go foot on the fourth and one like like. This is definitely in his top three. I think it's his worst just, yeah. just off the fact he won back. He's probably going to get back-to-back MVP. All the stuff, the, the fake vaccinations, uh, you know, the whole everything he's been through, what the expectations we had for him. And, and, and the round he lost, and who would have thought Aaron Rodgers would go out in the first round? Like, I, 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 so, I, after all that, I yeah, just think this is his worst loss. I think he has to get out of there. I think yeah. he should have left last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... The places that I have in my, I don't see him going to San Fran because Jimmy Garoppolo is looking like he's going on a Super Bowl run, and it's going to be hard to to get rid of him if he wins it. Trey Lance, I think if they do move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, like you said, they drafted Trey Lance high. I think you have to start to get him reps. I don't think he wants to sit. He didn't want. He damn sure didn't want to even sit underneath Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think, even though Aaron Rodgers is uh, miles ahead of uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, he can definitely gain some wisdom there. I just think Trey Lance is ready to start, and I believe. San Francisco is moving the direction of Trey Lance if they're gonna move on from Garoppolo. But I do see um I do see potential for Aaron Rodgers going to you like you guys said, Las Vegas. But I see him what about him going to Pittsburgh? Ben Roethlisberger's last Ben Ben Roethlisberger's last season. Steelers have a great young defense, nice core, good receivers. Uh the offensive line is not the best, and that would be concerning for Aaron Rodgers. I think they have to get that whole line buffered up a little bit. But if I think Aaron Rodgers and on the on the Steelers would be a pretty decent move. Yeah, but here's yeah, the man, problem. One, they... one thing off topic, real quick. We didn't give Debo Samuels enough love, man. When talking about that game, we didn't show him that man does everything he needs to do. He can be receiver, running back. Yeah. He's just the, one of the most unselfish players in the league. Whatever they ask him to do, he just comes through for them. But like I said, I think he's. I think he would be a good uh, Aaron Rodgers would be a good fit on the Steelers. But here's the problem with the Steelers is that they've already said that they don't think that they're going to be looking to make a splash in free agency at the quarterback position. I see them looking towards the draft. And Mike Tomlin, obviously, is a great coach. It's a pretty good organization, man. I mean, they got a couple of championships going down there. You know what it is. All right. So Aaron Rodgers, is his days may be numbered here in Green Bay. But going on to the next playoff game in our divisional recap, Rams Bucks, the first game of Sunday. Wow. Might I have to say Chiefs Bills is close. This, this might be a tie for the best game of the weekend. This game was crazy. crazy. I mean, the Buck it was looking like a blowout early. The Rams at half were up 20 to 3 and it was looking like it was over, but 
20, I think they took a, another touchdown up 27 to three, but when you have the goat on your sideline, no game is truly ever over. The Bucks came all the way back, tied the score with a minute left, and then Cooper Cup made the catch of the divisional round, and Matt Gay sent the Rams to the NFC Championship game, 30-27 to final. What a game. Jay, you're going to start this one. Um, Yeah, that game was – it was crazy because I, I missed the first couple minutes of the game, and all of a sudden it was like – like 10 3. Then I went, went to go get a little snack, and it was like 27 like 20 to 3. But, um, like that game was just like, like you know, when Tom Brady, like, like, so the thing that separates like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, when it comes to talent, is like you never can give, like, with the like with, with the great quarterbacks, like, you can never, like, no matter if it's like 14 seconds, 12 seconds, 20 seconds, or a minute, like these quarterbacks will find a way to come back. So Tom Brady, like, you know, there was memes of him with the like with the bloody lip, you know, getting uh getting tech about Aaron Donald and stuff. And um uh and I was watching it and Tom Brady, like he he was he was he was poised, and all of a sudden this uh Max ever had that clutch throw to um Cooper Cup. Just that the game was was crazy. Um, obviously my pick was wrong um, because I went to get I went for the goat. But um, yeah, overall, that was probably one of the uh, second the best second best games of the week. Quick quick to, mention, uh, I yeah. lost five dollars. Uh, the Rams did score more than twelve points, so five dollars has been put into the fine jar. All right, Matt, that's right. That's right. Give your take here. You know I said, Matt. Boy, that's a five. That's a dollar. Hit him with it. Well, on that what's up, a rule? Who's, who's, who put that rule in the book? We've had it, man. Stop acting like you were a rookie here. Yo, man, you said oh, the D were two times. Like you said, damn, two times. That's two dollars, man. Who, me? Although you said no, cursing. No, no, Matt. Matt. Cursing? Nah, come on. Nah, he's good with the damn. Nah. He's good with the damn. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. We're PG-13 hard... audience. Yeah, <laughs> you still getting it for that mic being on mute though, bro. Don't All even right, try I'll, I'll take, to make I'll us forget about that. I'll, I'll take that out. But yeah, um, this this hold on, hold on. This Rams in that this first half in the first half of that game, the Rams played exactly how I thought they would play. It, it, it transpired exactly how I figured it would. Like I said, going into this game, I did pick the Rams. It was no question in my in my mind. I'm actually surprised it got that close in the end. The Rams just were just making mistake after mistake after mistake. It really should have been like a 20-point win, if we're being honest, if it wasn't for the fumbles the and the, the turnovers and all that stuff. They literally had the perfect – what did I say this entire time since the, before the playoffs even started? The Rams have the most balanced team in the NFL. Offense, defense, special teams, they have the most balanced, the most star power. Uh, and then they brought on De- Odell on top of that. You know what I'm saying? So – I, I what did I say? Their defense and their game plan, what they're able to do is literally Tom Brady's weakness. We've seen him struggle against uh, teams who can rush for and play man and uh, and play back in the, in the deep zone, not giving up the the large play against the. Uh, we've seen him struggle against the Giants in the Super Bowl twice. We saw him struggle against Von Miller and that Broncos defense. Whenever you can play man and rush for and can generate pressure against Tom and get him off his spot. It's looking really good for you because that is literally his big, biggest weakness. I have been the biggest Brady fan 
And I, I saw this coming. We still, we saw them, the Rams play them twice before this game, and they won both times. And it wasn't even really close either time. Well, the first time I think it was closer, but that last one, it, it wasn't even close. And like I said, the only reason why the Patriots, I mean, not the Patriots, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got back into this game was because of their defense, all right? Tom Brady did execute when he got uh, the possession uh, and with good field position. Uh, but that that defense, man, that defense is what brought them back into this game. Odell Beckham had a fantastic game. I know the the odds makers said that he wouldn't have more than 45 yards. If I'm not mistaken, he had around 60 with six targets, with six receptions, actually. He played well. Cooper Cup, I for the life of me, that had to be the most idiotic defensive call in that last possession. Why in the world? See, I almost cussed. I need I may need to give me a cuss button like, like Maz. Why in the world would you blitz? With that few amount of time remaining on the clock against a player, a quarterback with that level of arm, Matt Stafford has a can. We always say he may not have playoff success before this, but we all know he's one of the most talented quarterbacks. Yes, he makes turnovers sometimes, but he is his arm talent is exceptional. Why in the world would you bl- – all you had to do was literally just play cover three, drop everybody back, you know, watch the middle of the field. What do they have, one timeout? I'm not even, I don't even remember how many times. I got to disagree. You you think it's better to dis- blitz? No, that I'm saying I, I didn't. Here's the problem. Cooper Cup ran right past Antoine Winfield Jr. as if it was just like he wasn't even there, dude. Like he literally watched him run right past him when he knows he's the last line of defense. I mean, dude, for crying out loud, like foul him. Do something. Like you he was literally old. just watched him just blow right past you on that touchdown. It was a joke. Are you Not, kidding? It was a touchdown. It was just a big yeah, play. They, they, um, yeah. I, I know they 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 had bl- I think it was he a, a mid blitz. It was a, a mid blitz. I know the um Tampa Bay came out in a mid blitz. I, I see the said, logic. Like, you got to bring some pressure. Yeah. You got to have you got to bring the pressure. I mean, what are you going to do? Just sit back and just let Stafford just find something cuz dude, it's not the greatest secondary. It's something's bound to break down. It's, you brought the pressure. Something already broke down for crying out loud. I mean, literally cup it should have been a touchdown. That's why I said it was. My bad. I, I watched the play. Literally blew right past him, dude, as if like he wasn't – the guy might as well have just been in quicksand right there. Shout out to, to him for, for – to Winfield for having the closing speed. But that, that was the play of the game right there, and it wasn't even a great play. Cup ran right past him on that little seam route. And boom, Stafford hits him because a safety just getting caught in nowhere land, just doing everything but paying attention, just – Guy was doing his groceries list the entire time when he was running past him. He didn't know what was going on. Yeah, I just feel bad for Aaron Donald, man. Aaron Donald had a phenomenal game. He was so good that all the guys around him were having better games because of that. I, I saw a little yeah. analysis from Collinsworth that while the game while the play was going on. He said Leonard Floyd has a sack right now because they're like tr- almost triple teaming Aaron Donald yeah. right now. Aaron That's Donald, the moment, yeah, he's, he's just been a man on a mission. I, I just think he needs to get a Super Bowl. I mean, he, he got the win tonight, but Aaron Donald needs a Super Bowl, man. That's one player in the league right now that I think just needs one. He could get it right now here, too. I've been saying Jared Goff wasn't the guy. I was worried about Matt Stafford coming to this team because the the injury history and the age and stuff. But Matt Stafford is proving, um, give me weapons, I'll get the job done. You know, Matt's right by far. The most balanced team, at least left in the playoffs, that's for sure. I could see them going all the way here if that defense comes and performs the way that they did. 
Yeah, they shot. They shut the goal. I mean, listen, the Bucks only had a field goal the entire first half. That's the biggest problem with this is that the Bucks couldn't get going er- early. Tom Brady almost got him back into it, but it just wasn't enough. Uh, and the left to go, you know. If they get going early, different game. And speaking of Tom Brady, the game was over, and many of the pundits have been sort of thinking, "Is this it for the forty-four-year-old quarterback?" and Post-game remarks, he made a couple of hints. He gave a couple of clues alluding probably to a maybe retirement. But I just want to talk to you guys real quick. What do you think? Is this is this it for Tom Brady? He's coming back. He's, he's, he's coming, coming back. back. He's, coming he's gotta. I mean, this is the first time he's really pondered it. I mean, he said right. Yeah. He, he quoted Kobe in his, in his post-game press conference saying, like, you don't you don't have that much time left. Like you, you gotta know when when to hang it up and when to like sort of, you know. Know when to you know when to quit, or you you don't know how long you're going to be playing this game. Which it gave me some of the vibes, like oh man, that this might be it. But I mean, if you guys think he's not going, what do you guys say about it? I would say, oh, go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and go. Go ahead, Jordan. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. Like, I think he made a, uh, had another made another post today on Instagram, um, just thanking the Buccaneers, you know, for the season and what they've been through, whatever. And um, I don't know, like. Like even in afterwards that we're covering the game, um, that game were like it's kind of it's kind of eerie, like how like the news kind of like were circulating around the league about like you know Tom Brady, you know, came in this last year. Um, I don't know. I'm, I want him to to play next year, but I don't know. Like it's that thing about family, his wife Giselle, because like I think he quoted that like you know his wife doesn't like him seeing getting hurt or getting tackled like that, you know, and the kids and, you know, father time. So, I mean, I don't know. I want him to come back, but he's a lot of factors, you know, about, about, but I think knowing him, he's coming back. And then Gronk made a post today. So like year 11 is gone or is in the books year 12. So he might come back with Tom, but who knows, man. So I think it's kind of crazy how like both quarterbacks, I mean, I know Aaron's not talking about retiring, but um, I know both quarterbacks are kind of like in the news about like you know if this is our last year or not or whatever. So I mean, it's kind of it's kind of odd, but I mean, I think he's coming back, but it's kind of like I don't know because like what he's been saying is kind of like like quoting Kobe and quoting all the other things, and it's kind of like maybe he needs some time. Yeah, but here's the thing, yo. I mean, I can't even fault him right now for like this loss. Godwin goes down, right? No Godwin for the playoffs. Antonio Brown has his outburst, leaves the team. I mean, if he just had A, B in this game, I think it's a different story, to be honest with you. Um, I think they'd be able to get going faster. He have somebody – he had some options here. I mean, you had Mike Evans. Rob Gronkowski has been his – you know, the security blanket for years. Fournette had a decent game. But I don't know, man. I, if they're a healthy Bucks team on offense, I think they beat this Rams team, to be honest with you. And I think it's completely different. I think he's going to give it one more chance. It's going to be a healthy team. I think, you know, Gronkowski has been in that talk too about stepping away. I think it's going to be completely up to Tom. We know that he's got the great relationship with like his wife. He wants to spend more time with the family. There's nothing wrong for that. But I just see him going out on, on one more, just kind of a last ride. I think if he comes back, it is the last season, but I think he's just going to give it that one more shot and try to go out with one more Super Bowl. And if he gets it, I mean, it's already the greatest career of all time. He just cements it again. And, Matt, you're our Tom Brady guy. Do you really think this is it for him, or do you think he's going back like Matt says? 
That's two fines. Two fines. Hit him with it. Another dollar. (laughs) Thank you to contributing to the charity that will be named later down. What's up? I'm about to just stop putting it on mute in a second. That's what it is, bro. um, I just appreciate your contributions. But any any times, any time is uh, you can donate to a charity is a good thing. Uh, but um, I'm not even concerned. Like even before the comments or after the comments, rather, I know he's coming back. Tom Brady isn't retiring after a divisional loss, especially in a game. I, I believe if his team was fully healthy or his offense was fully healthy, they win that game or pull it out uh, due to the mistakes and turnovers the Rams did towards the end. Yes, I think this is probably the most Tom Brady has considered retiring. I think this is the most, like, he actually thought about saying, okay, what are my options? What do I really want to do? Like you guys said, family. His kids are growing up right before his eyes. He has a kid that just turned 14, about to go into high school, or maybe he just had his first year, freshman year. He has another son that's, like, 12, a daughter that just hit nine. So he he, he hasn't really been in his kids' lives. I know I'm sure he's missed a lot of recitals, games, all that good stuff. His wife, like you guys mentioned, they don't – she cringes every time he gets sacked. I know she's been ready, probably been wanting him to come home for like the last five years. <laughs> like ever since that Philadelphia Eagles loss, like she probably wanted him to come home. But I just don't see Tom Brady going out like that. A divisional uh, exit and a game, I believe that if his offense was healthy, he would have pulled it out because he, he almost did it. He didn't get a chance to. He never got the ball back. If it wasn't for that epic collapse by the defense, I still don't understand why they play, man. I have to disagree with y'all. I just, it just didn't make sense. Uh, but I think Tom Brady's going to come back for another year. I, I was going to say two, but after his last remarks, I'm starting to think he's just going to come back for one. I know he mentioned uh, wanting to play until he's 45. And if I'm not mistaken, he would turn 45 if he played next season. So mm-hmm. I think he got one more season, maybe two, but I think one more definitely. And then he's gonna the goal's going to ride off in a sun- sunset with at least seven Super Bowls, probably eight. But he's definitely going to have seven other things. Retire. He's definitely the GOAT. I don't want to hear nothing about no Aaron Rodgers. He shouldn't even be in a conversation any longer. It's Tom Brady. He's the GOAT. All right. So Tom Brady's two-year contract just expired with the Bucks. We'll see what new developments come from that. But the final and, game. Uh, and plus, can they keep some of, the, like, like some of those players, like Godwin and like the contracts and stuff? Like That's yeah. a good question, too, with the whole cap space and shit. So, oh, that's a fine. So. That's a fine, B. So – Going on to the last game of Divisional Weekend. It was in Kansas City. The Bills and the Chiefs. Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. I'm sure we're going to keep seeing this matchup from year in and year out in the AFC playoffs. We saw it last year in the AFC Championship game. But, wow, this game was everything we wanted it to be and more. We thought we couldn't get in any other better game than that, from that Bucks rams game, but they came out and they were firing all cylinders. Tyree Kill, 11 catches, 150 yards, and a touchdown. Gabriel Davis, eight receptions, 201 yards, four touchdowns. There was three touchdowns in the final two minutes. Just offensive explosion from both sides. This game was exciting. Chiefs ended up taking the game in overtime, 42-36. But I'm going to send this one over to Maz to start this one off. Who the hell is Gabriel Davis, bro? Where did this kid come from? Like, what? Kid, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, that one touchdown, the defender definitely, like, fell down. He got a little lucky there. But nonetheless, kid had four touchdowns on the days. He's doing something right. It was just 201 yards. I, I I don't know who this kid is. I never heard of him before this day. That's how out of the loop I am right there when it comes to the Bills' options. Because, I mean, dude, they have Stephon Diggs. They have Cole Beasley. Like, Diggs didn't really do nothing until that two-point conversion. 
The Chiefs did a good job at shutting him out of the game. But Josh Allen, wow. If Patty Mahomes was doing work, don't get me wrong. And he is a magician, but Josh Allen really put the team on his back. It wasn't enough because of the, the damn overtime rules. But, oh, man, I, I'm feeling for Bills fans all over the place. My father's a diehard Bills fan. Watched four Super Bowls go down low. And he just was not sold on Josh Allen until he saw that performance. Because he just doesn't trust the Bills organization. But he was like, wow, I think anybody that watched that game looked at Josh Allen and went, this kid's the real deal. We've been knowing he's the real deal for quite some time now. But, oh, man, if – if the defense, I, I got to be honest, you want to talk about uh, decisions on, on going with some play styles like you, like Matt was talking about with going with the blitz and then the man, that zone coverage when they just needed to stop them from getting into field goal range. I mean, they're playing prevent defense, but the entire middle of the field is open for Pat, Patty Mahomes to drive down and just hit it right in the middle of the field. I mean, come on. It was just wide open. I got a question that they should have just been playing cover three and covering the entire middle of the field so that doesn't happen. Obviously, like, drop – I think that's where you drop an extra defender back because there's just too much ground to gain. Patty Mahomes not going to go the entire field like that. But this was hands down probably the most exciting game we've seen in a long time. And that's coming off of the, that Bucks game, which was had a crazy ending in it too with – the Bucks almost coming back and winning. But I there's just there's some things I got a question. I mean, obviously that coverage. And every time they got pressure, the Bills got pressure on Patty Mahomes. The defenders are trying to jump up and swat him whenever he he's doing those little pump fakes and he's taking off. I mean, dude, you're not going to swat it regardless. You, you have nobody in between you and Mahomes. After the second one, I would have just started hitting him, even if it was a flag. I mean – just hit him, dude. Get a hit on there. Maybe you rattle him a little bit, and he's not taking off. At the very least, he's not taking off and, and killing you from all angles. But Patty Mahomes is a bad man, and he's going to be around for a very long time. I just hope the Bills can sustain their capability to compete with the Chiefs, man. This was an exciting game. I, I wish NFL games were like this every time. All right, Jay. So uh, what do you guys say about this? Is the candidate to be the uh, probably one of the greatest playoff games of all time? But I can do a hot take on another topic about that uh, because I mean I got the uh, the Ravens playoff with Denver with Joe Flacco. Um, as wait, wait, but I got some context though. I mean that could be another hot take debate about one. Of the, but with my analysis, um, probably it was a very very good game. I saw a report that um, on that play that Kelsey had, um, they were talking about on the sidelines how like Kelsey uh, had a had a set route, but the route that won him the game, um, I think it was like a slant route, but he ran the other way. Um, it, it wasn't as it, he he didn't go off the, off the off the playbook play, um, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean it was back and forth. It was like. So many lead lead changes, it, it was crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Maz is right. I think Mahomes is going to be there for a very long time. And uh, and uh, Josh Allen, Josh Allen. So yeah, but I mean, like Stefan Diggs, he was kind of quiet. Um, all their like top receivers are kind of quiet. Uh, I know Beasley was kind of like you know, kind of like 
a little quiet. Um, but I mean, it was it was back and forth like in the fourth quarter. It was crazy. But um, yeah, I mean, I kind of had my say on the overtime rules, but like everyone else, uh, I feel like I, I personally believe that each each team should have one chance to score on offense and then one chance to score on the other team. And then if, if they don't score on either thing, and then it should go like the next score should win, just, just, just like college. So, I mean, that's a whole another debate. But, um, yeah, like it, it, it is what it is. Casey had the last – had the ball with the last second chance – or with the last shot. They took it. They took advantage of it. But hell of a game. Hell of a game. All right, Matt. You saw that game. I made sure I'm <laughs> off you. All right, so uh, I did pick the Chiefs to win it, and it actually played out how I thought it would. Uh, the Bills, to me, were the more well-balanced team uh, on both sides, but I figured that the Chiefs' offense was just too high-powered. Patrick Mahomes wasn't going to get uh, stopped, and I just figured that he would just put up more points in a shootout against Josh Allen. That's pretty much how it played out. This game was absolutely great from start to finish, especially the last two, three minutes of that fourth quarter, man. Back-to-back-to-back to back to back touchdowns is insane, especially the length of the fields that both quarterbacks had to travel to get in the end zone uh, with that little time. is just it's amazing. I think Patrick Holmes, Josh Allen, is going to be the new Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning. I know Joe Burrows had, may have something to say about that, but these two teams have already faced each other in the AFC Championship game, and they know each other well. They uh, the Patrick Mahomes has blocked Josh Allen now twice. I, I just think that the rivalry rivalry has already been established between these two uh, young elite quarterbacks. And Joe Burrow is on the rise, but I just think presently constructed right now is Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen in the AFC. I think that's the new Brady Peyton uh, rivalry right there. But as far as the game, uh, I'm actually not surprised how it played out. Like I said, I knew it was going to be a shootout. Both quarterbacks played great. But what I want to talk about is Patrick Mahomes' like level of maturity. I remember back when he was uh, uh, maybe not his rookie year, but his first two years, he would always try to look for the deep shot, the dagger. You know what I'm saying? He always wanted the big play, and that actually was used against him in that Super Bowl against Tampa Bay because they knew they they knew that Kansas City had no rushing attack. They had, they had no threat on the ground. All they did was sit back and play cover two, and then not let Tyreek Hill get over the top. That was the game plan. And that was actually Mahomes' biggest struggle because teams figured that out. They, they copied the uh, the Buccaneers' game plan and just sat in cover two, didn't give didn't give uh, anything up over the top, and just uh, forced Mahomes to make uh, decisions that he wasn't accustomed to making. But I'm seeing growth uh, with Patrick Mahomes, especially from the second half of the season uh, till now. He's starting to take the underneath route more than ever in his entire career. He he know he sees it now. He knows that they're playing cover two. He knows that they're dropping all their DBs back because they're worried about Tyreek's speed. And he's taking the shorter route. He's taking the McCole Hartman's. He's taking the quick slants. He's taking the underneath routes to the running back. He's scrambling more than I ever seen him scramble. He's just playing more poised and more mature. He's not forcing the ball down the field because I feel like that's what was his weakness. He was so concerned about making the big play that it actually was used against him. But now he's He's playing way more mature, and he's, he's taking the – instead of make, trying to make the big play, he's making the right play like uh, Brady S. So I have to give, give him a praise in that regard. Yeah, but also don't – like don't forget that the Kansas City Chiefs spent their entire offseason on revamping that front line and making it the best that it could be. That might be the best front line in the NFL. I mean, they they drafted the, um, the – they drafted high with their their first round pick. They took a lineman. 
Then they traded and ended up getting the guy from um, the Baltimore Ravens. And then they get the guard over from um, the Patriots. That's why Patty's able to like to do more. I mean, he's already been an electrifying player. But when he has the time, forget about it. The biggest problem was that Tampa Bay, with that front line that they had in the Super Bowl, was blowing past that corpse of, of a Chiefs line. And Patrick Mahomes is running for his life. And it's like, hey, we know he can create things but and extend plays. But imagine what he could do if we just focus on the line. That's exactly what they did. And, and it's just going to be a problem for years, man. Yeah, right now, I, mean, I definitely agree with that, Maz. Uh, that O-line is definitely revamped. But you have to remember that he still played in that first half of the season. He wasn't looking right. He de- he was definitely struggling against teams called going to that cover two defense. Uh, that I mentioned earlier. Uh, but can we talk about Stefan Diggs? Because in their last meeting, when they lost in the AFC, AFC Championship against the Bills, that man stayed after the, the game and just stared at the field for how who knows how long, what, 20 minutes, 15 minutes? Just thinking about all the pain and hurt. I thought he was going to come out and be angry, have one of his best games of career. That man stared at the field to come back the following year, which was last night. Uh, well, not last night, but this uh, recent game. And he's, what do he have, seven yards? I'm telling you, I'm, I, I can't shut down. That, that's why Gabriel Davis had a big day. Exactly. I don't know if he was getting double majority of the game. Uh, I, I didn't really pay pay attention to the cornerbacks the and the, the matchups on that side, really, because uh, I was just so caught up in the the, the, the passing. Um, but I don't know if he was getting double most of the game, but he just did not show up. He did not have that game. Like I said, he the way he was acting after that, that AFC championship loss, I thought he would come up with a vengeance, man. He, I'm, I'm just a little disappointed to Stephon Diggs' play. You disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, you right. disrespectful. Dude, uh, come on. I mean, the guy got clipped. It is what it is. He's still an elite wide receiver. I mean, it, it, these things happen. Maybe if they had some other options to go to on offense, maybe they wouldn't just be focusing on him the entire damn time. It is what it is. I'm giving Stefan a pass for that. You can at me if you got a problem with that, but I don't know, man. It's what it, it I, 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 I think. I just think it's hilarious how he. Like, you remember the the, the the cinematic photo with him staring at the confetti, and he yeah, just comes out sure. the following year, just just, just comes out the following anything. year, and that's the only thing that they got to worry about. And then Josh Allen put things into his own hands, and it wasn't enough because the defense, you know, just didn't have an, enough left in the tank. Hey, go ahead. All right, so fantastic game, forty-two thirty-six, rounded out probably. The best divisional round of football I have ever seen. So we are going on to the conference championship this week. Two big games on the itinerary. I want to get the boys' predictions on it. So first up, 3 o'clock Sunday, AFC Championship. Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals coming off two impressive wins in the playoffs. Have to face this red-hot Kansas City Chiefs team after the big overtime win against the Bills. So first prediction, we're going to do the roundtable again. I'm going to start with Jay for do the first prediction. Yes, I'm going to go with the um I'm going to go with the Chiefs because I mean no one Boy, I told you about running from them hands. That's another fine. Thank you. Flag on the play. Next, that's a dollar. Keep it moving. <laughs> no, yo, my hands, yo, no cap. Yo, my hands are kind of like I know, uh, bro. It is. Anytime Jay gets fine, you gotta go do a. Yeah, it was doing. It was always an excuse, Jay. Just take it like a man. They ask you, man. Take it like a man. Bro, I understand, bro. Ashy, this is a real problem out here, bro. Get you some cocoa butter, man. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened in my life. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I Coco got some, but I'm not gonna knowledge standing. right there for you. If you ain't on the Coco Shea Butter game, you definitely ashy, you definitely itchy, and that's why whenever you hit the winter, you scratching yourself like crazy. Jay, go moisturize. It's good for you. Greatest thing that's ever happened in my life. So uh, that's a fine take. Could you just uh, could you just brought uh, could you just uh, good. advertise? That's that? right. I, I just advertise. Right. Can we get back to the prediction, please? Just the pettiest man anyways, on the face of the planet. Anyways, um, <laughs> anyways, uh, I'm gonna pick the Chiefs because I mean they got Tyreek Kill and, and Kelsey. Um, I mean Burroughs, I mean I think it's gonna be close, but I think she's gonna like you know run away with it. I think it's gonna be 27, uh, Chiefs, 20, um, Bengals. All right, so 27, 20 Bengals is what you say. 27, 27. No, 27, 27 20, 20 Chiefs. 27, 20 Chiefs. All right, so that's Jay's prediction. Matt, what's yours? <sighs> this is going to be another close game, I believe. Uh, before I give my prediction, I'm going to say I do believe the Bengals are def- definitely capable of doing it. They have the, the level of defense, and we already talked about the, the offense. They're legit. <sighs> my heart, my gut is telling me the Bengals, but my brain is just saying choose uh, Kansas City. I, I I just don't see Patrick Mahomes getting outplayed. I, I just don't see him losing in the game of this magnitude, one game from the Super Bowl. I think this is where experience will start to kick in. And uh, Mahomes, we know he's been he's been through this before. He's been there and done this. I think that level of experience, and I, I just don't see the Bengals getting enough. So I think they'll do a decent job with Kansas City's offense, but I don't think they'll dominate, and I don't think they'll do enough to win the game. So I think I have a close one. I'm going to say Kansas City – 28-24, uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to have a good game. Joe Burrow is going to have an excellent game. I think he's going to have an even better game than against Tennessee because I don't think uh, the Kansas City's defense is going to gener- generate that same uh, level of pressure that that uh, Tennessee did. So I think both quarterbacks are going to have a good games. I think the Chiefs' defense will play. They play average. I don't think they'll they'll get uh, tra- trampled over. So I got a close game. I got Patrick Mahomes just outscoring. Uh, the young Joe Burrow, hungry Joe Burrow, 28-24. I got Patrick Mahomes. All right, Mass. Oh, dude, I, this has legitimately been the worst week for predictions for me. Thank God I had no money on none of these games because I would have been broke. I don't even know what to expect from this Chiefs-Bengals game. I just know that I expect it to be high offense. I mean, obviously Patrick Mahomes is the better quarterback talent, but – I think the Bengals are bringing just as much firepower to the to the field with Joe Mixon coming out of that that uh backfield. They got Jamar Chase, who's still young but still a stud. I mean, I think it could come down to experience. The defenses are pretty close the last couple of weeks. I mean, look what they just did with Tennessee. I don't even know if Matthew's playing, so you know what? It is what it is. I didn't want to go against the GOAT. Last week, so I'm gonna go against Patrick Mahomes this week again, and it is what it is. I- I'm going with Cincy. I think it's gonna be a-, a crazy high scoring game. Um, I'm saying Cincinnati final score 41 to 36. Wow, all right. Now, if, if Tyron Matthew comes and plays, that's probably just gonna blow up my entire prediction, and it is what it is. But either way, I'm already on the losing streak, might as well keep it going and take the underdog. Am I right? 
Yeah, I, I, mean, I feel you, Baz. I mean, this game is definitely going to be very exciting. I, I love Cincy right now. I mean, they're two impressive wins. One against that page. Who's it? It was um the Raiders. That it was just very weird game. I mean, we had that one weird call on the sideline. Raiders made a, a nice little attempt to get back into it, but the Bengals defense made a good stop down the stretch. And then you had this game against. I mean, you had this game against the uh, Titans where it was just a grinded out game where their defense sort of won it. I mean, I was a little suspect of this Cincinnati defense. If I was being honest, I mean, their secondary, Ed Von Bell. They have uh, Eli Apple, who we've seen on Twitter these last few days, has been just destroying everyone's fan bases. But th- this Bengals defense has definitely stepped up to the plate lately. But I don't think it's going to do it against Kansas City. Kansas City just took down Josh Allen, who was having one of the best postseason performances I was ever seeing anyone do. This Kansas City team, if it, if it wasn't going to happen to Buffalo, it wasn't going to happen to anyone else. I think that's what I just I right. firmly believe it. I mean. This Kansas City team is just too talented, and they're just red hot right now. I mean, Mahomes is playing out of his mind. Uh, Pringle, McCole Hardman, Kelsey, Tyree Kill. That's just so much firepower on the offensive side, just the receiving core. And then you throw in Jarek McKinnon as a receiving threat as, out of the backfield with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You said it, We talked about their offensive line earlier. Their offensive line is definitely one of the best in football. And defensively, Frank Clark has come back. And if you said Tyron Matthew comes back, the defense is going to be back to where they up to speed where they need to be. I just think Kansas City is just way more over talented than them, and I just think it's. It, I think that it's going to be a high scoring game, like Matt said. I think it's it's going to be a, a scoring fest. So I'm going to take Kansas City forty five. Wow. Cincinnati thirty four. Yo, but here's the thing. Let me make my case one last time before we move over. If I'm wrong, obviously, I'm not surprised. But I'm just saying, Josh Allen really wasn't working with much because, I mean, it was him. Stephon Diggs got shut down. Gabriel Davis stepped up. Cole Beasley was I. Kevin Knox was – I don't even thing, know if Kevin Knox even did anything, to be honest with you. We got T – the bank was got T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Mixon and Uz, uh, Uzuma, who all are coming off at the tight end, who's all coming off big games. And this has been a consistent basis, man. I, I could see them getting it done, especially We're not when, saying it's out of the possibility. For it sure, for sure. Happen. It's definitely it, possible. It's, it's just that I, I like them right now for the sole fact of Josh Allen basically was a one-man wrecking crew that game. And they, I just think they just have so much more talent at, at a lot more different places than the Bills do. So I like Cincy. I hope they get the upset. All right. So that should be an exciting game. But on the other side of things, the NFC Championship game is an NFC West divisional matchup. The 49ers, after coming off a uh, 16-13 win – or no, 13-10 win over the Green Bay Packers, faced the Rams who held off the Buccaneers. And it should be exciting. I mean, the, the 49ers have built an identity – with the run and the defense. And that's how they've been winning these playoff games. The Rams are just trying to outscore everybody and just stifle everyone else on defense with their, their front seven. So it should be a very good matchup. I, I do think the Rams are going to take this one, though. I'm going to put my prediction up first this time. I'm going to take the Rams over the 49ers. And I'm going to say it's going to be 34 Rams. And 16 49ers. Okay. Okay. All right. So that was my prediction. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna pass to Jordan first. 
Yeah, so I think uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to go with the Rams too because I I, I think I mean they got more. I think they got more firepower uh, on both sides of the ball. Just like Angie said, with their front seven with Aaron Donald and um Von Miller and Ramsey, in the in the backfield and like with the quarter like in the cornerback uh, position, um and they got you know I mean even though Acres had a like had a couple fumbles last game I think like they're gonna practice this week get the ball uh like get the ball handles uh, under like like under wraps ball control. Um, and Cooper Cup, man, I mean, I think he's the, he's, he's the X factor in this game for sure, because like, you know, like I'm trying to give him, give him his flowers. Cause like he's had, he, he's had a phenomenal season. Um, and like he had that, that perfect route, uh, to set them up for the field goal. Um, but yeah, I think my, my prediction is going to be, it's going to be 30 Rams. It's gonna be close. It's gonna be thirty Rams, um, twenty-four 49ers. So by yeah. like a touchdown. Yeah, you got a close game here, but I'm gonna throw it to Matt here for his prediction. Uh, this game, honestly, to me, isn't that close. Uh, I think the Rams win this one not easily, but I would say slightly conven- uh, convincingly. I just think it's a bad matchup for the 49ers. What do they like to do? They like to, to run the ball and establish the run. Good luck doing that against Aaron Donald, that D-line, and Von Miller. Good luck doing that. And then you have to trust Jimmy Garoppolo to, to be accurate and not turn the ball over against that electrifying uh, Rams uh, secondary. This is going to be a rough night for the 49ers. I think this game is going to be as close as Matt Stafford allows it. If he doesn't turn the ball over more than more than once, I think they'll win relatively easy. If he now the 49ers only have given in the last two playoff games have given up 27 points. So I, I do think it will be a challenge for Matt Stafford. If he now if Matt Stafford turns the ball over twice or more, that'll it'll make things a lot more interesting down the stretch, I believe. But regardless, I still think uh the Rams are gonna win. It's just the the Rams offense is going to even though the San Francisco defense is amazing as I just mentioned I think the Rams are going offense is going to have better success against the San Francisco 49ers defense than Jimmy Garoppolo Jimmy Garoppolo will against that amazing probably the best def- defense left in the playoffs so when it comes to who would you rather trust Jimmy Garoppolo or Matt Stafford I'm going to go with Matt Stafford even though Jimmy Garoppolo has taken the team to the Super Bowl I just believe Matt Stafford is more had the more electrifying electrifying offense um uh, even they probably have the same level of defense, maybe an edge to the Rams because that secondary is is insane. Uh, so I'm gonna say Rams 28 to 17, 28 17. All right, 28 17. The Rams for Matt. So, Matt's your last person up here. Give your prediction, yeah. Um I'm basically just going to give you a little more in-depth of what Matt said, just for the sole fact that I agree with everything that he said. I, I think this was uh, potentially Matt's best breakdown that I've heard of why a team is going to win. Uh, he convinced me completely, and, and I uh, was agreeing with him going into this. I was a little afraid to follow Matt because I was afraid that Matt was going to steal most of my points here. 
and he did. So I'm going to just give you a little more in-depth. Uh, I think going in, we know that the San Francisco 49ers need to establish the run. That's their key to unlocking Garoppolo, hitting that play action, because he's not an elite-level quarterback. I'm sorry. He's a game manager, and, and it is what it is. But this Rams defense, they held the Buccaneers to a total of 51 yards rushing. And the week before, they held the Cardinals to, I believe, 61 yards in rushing. And I I just think that they're going to just zone in on that. They're going to take away the run, and they're going to force Jimmy Garoppolo to beat them. I do not trust Jimmy Garoppolo to get this done against this Rams defense. I think Matt Stafford... Although hasn't played in a Super Bowl, I just think he's a better talent. I think he's more poised as a quarterback. I think he brings more to the game than Jimmy Garoppolo is capable of bringing. And it sounds like I'm being a little harsh, but it is what it is. The guy just has not, quite frankly, impressed me any way whatsoever. And it is what it is. This Rams defense is going to be basically the reason why Jimmy Garoppolo kind of gets exposed. And I think it's going to be – I think the – the San Francisco defense isn't going to give up that many points. I actually see this game being relatively low scoring um, compared to the other one for sure. And that's why I see the Rams winning this one. I'm going to say 24-17 in favor of the Rams. Yes. All right. So a little bit of low scoring at this one. So it, it should be a great conference championship game weekend. Four teams remain in the NFL. Only two can go on to Super Bowl Sunday. So we'll just see about that. But moving on, we're going to hit our NBA hour like we always do. We're not splitting this one up into two episodes like we did last week. So first up for our NBA hour, we're going to talk a little bit about Russell Westbrook. We talked about him last week, about him getting benched. And uh, it was a rough scene. We were talking about possible trade destinations. But one that really popped out to us was a potential Westbrook wall trade swap. And – I know we got two Lakers fans in this in the, our little podcast here, so I just want to talk to them first about what they would think about a Russell Westbrook and a John Wall trade. Uh, bro, honestly, get him out, ship him right now. I I don't hate Westbrook. That's the thing. I, I don't hate him at all. I, I'm starting to dislike Vogel a lot. I, I just think the rotations are just not enough. It, it, it's just I don't know, man. There's just something about this. Westbrook can't shoot the ball. I mean, he has nights like he did in that Indiana game where he went like, I think it was, I want to say like five of seven from three-point range, but it's just not enough um, consistency, and that's what this team needs. They, I think John Wall can bring what Russell Westbrook brings to this Lakers team in terms – I think it actually fits a little better because John Wall is – with the injury history and everything, he's not the triple uh, – he's not a former MVP – He's not a triple-double leader. I think he just is going to play his role better alongside LeBron James. Now that Anthony Davis is back, I I just see it working out better in my personal opinion. I've always think that John Wall shot the three ball better than Russell Westbrook, although it's not like a a major difference. It's just slightly better. Um, I just think John Wall can bring everything that Russell Westbrook brings without trying to force too much because we see – Westbrook get a little uh, nervous. And I don't want to say nervous because the guy's kind of a killer, but he just tries to take things into his hands a, a little too much, especially when you got LeBron and now Davis back. Y- you got to be able to trust somebody, man. I just see Wall being a better role player, which is what they need, somebody that knows their role 
and not trying to do too much, just doing exactly what the team needs. I think John Wall's the move. I'll quite frankly, anybody who can space the floor better and score at the point guard position, I would much rather have than Russ Westbrook. No disrespect. It's just he's kind of got to be the top guy at times, man. And this team just has too many. It, they got LeBron James for crying out loud and Ant Davis coming back. I don't think Russ is going to be great as a third option. And I was completely wrong. I thought this was going to work out. And it turns out I was completely wrong. So, Jay, you're the other Laker fan here. Do you think this Russell Westbrook-John Wall trade could work out? Well, a couple of days ago, I was because uh, I I looked at John Wallgram and picked up with a couple of his boys looking good, you know, looking like you know. But think about it. I mean, at first I was on board with the trade, but then like I looked at some stats that like John Wall hasn't played this year. He played like forty games last year. Um, I mean, he's a phenomenal player uh, when healthy. One hundred percent, he's probably one of up with uh, Darian Fox, probably one of the fastest point guards in the league. When he's fully healthy, um, um, I can. He's a better shooter than Russell, a better playmaker. But I mean, health. Like I'm afraid that if we trade for Russ for for Wall, that um, you know, like we see with. I mean, I don't know what injury he had, um, but he had an know, Achilles, oh, right? Achilles, right? I think I think it was. I, I know I, he had I, Achilles at some point, but I don't. I, I but, think he had a, a recent history after that too. But Jay, oh, it might have been ACL. But Jay, let me ask you a question, bro. Do you think the Lakers can win a championship with their current lineup right now? No, they can't. But me but neither. Why you, so why not just well, take a shot why, at something? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love John Wall, phenomenal player. But like, why would you waste your money on someone who hasn't played in so long and he might get injured again? You know what I'm saying? So like, I mean, and Lakers don't really have much to give up. Like. I mean, no, they yeah, they could, Westbrook. Like, That's basically what they have. I mean, cook it. I mean, yeah. I mean, I like. I would. I would like to trade for a Wall. I mean, but then now I'm thinking about it. Like, I'm looking at like the, the longevity of like how long he's played. Like, he played a couple. He played like what half the half, half the season for the Rockets uh, last year. Got hurt. Hasn't played a game this year. Um, but I mean, he looked good in his Instagram videos, like playing pickup. But I don't know. I just don't. Yo. But here's the thing, right? Look at that contract that Westbrook's on right now, man. I mean, he's on that player option. He's making $44.2 million this season, and he has a $47 million player option. I mean, even if the, if they don't win a championship with John Wall, they at least uh, – what's it called? They at least get rid of that, aw- that awful contract, and it get, lets them – Start rebuilding where they need to a lot faster. So I, I mean, I think I the like biggest I- thing is just I don't think we're winning the championship, man. I, it is what it is. When you have Davis and LeBron both healthy, anything yeah. could happen. But they need a lot to happen, and they're all yeah. up against better competition than what this. And they don't. Go I don't for. think they're having like draft conversations because I think they traded that. I think they traded that to the. I think they're still doing like the Pelicans um with the whole like with the whole draft. Yeah, we're, we're still um, paying for that. So. But dude, um, you gotta clear up that cap space. You gotta get Westbrook out of there. You need to get him out before next season because, it, listen, when you playing in LA, when you a fan of LA, it's championship or bust. Ain't nobody yeah. care if you make it to the Western Conference Finals. Nobody cares if you, you know, 
if you coming in at, at the sixth seed and you beat the third seed. We don't care about that. It's championships or bust. And if you ain't going to get that, then start retuning for the next year so this way you can go after them championships. Yeah, I just think – I mean, I definitely agree that John Wall is a better, like, you know, space um, space creator. He's definitely a better shooter than Russell Westbrook is. Um, but – I don't know. Like I'm trying. I'm. I'm. I'm kind of scared about the trade. It's just like that. Like injury, injury, t- injury proneness of like game time, game flow. Um, but I mean, I think. I mean, I think that like the Lakers uh, picked up um, Stanley Johnson, terrific defender, <clears throat> terrific defender. I but mean, is it enough? Seen, I mean, we still haven't seen Chris, uh, Chris, Chris Dunn or Chris Nunn. Um, so uh, he's still injured. Kendrick, like, Kendrick Nunn. It, Kendrick Nunn, uh, we yeah. was, I think he's. I don't know if he's hundred percent yet, or Dude, he's been. In, he's been dealing with the injury bug. I mean, Trevor Ariza's been coming. So I don't back. know why we're playing Trevor Ariza big minutes for no reason. There's yeah. just so many guys that are supposed to be good three point shooters this entire. But I don't think I don't think I can blame it all on Russ. Um, because no, you I think, can't. I think I think it's the front office too. Because why why the heck would you trade for a Kendrick Nunn? Or, or yeah, Kendrick Nunn when he was hurt, knowing he was hurt, he couldn't play. No, I think you know what I'm saying. I don't even know if we traded. I thought we signed him in free agency, correct? Me, I, yeah, I think we picked him up. You picked me, but well, I, while, I knowing picked, that, like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, listen, Matt, and does anybody think that this Lakers team is going to do anything with Russell Westbrook? Not that no. it's his fault. No. It's just he's the only movable piece that has value. Yeah, no, I, I don't think so. I mean, he hasn't really shown that he could. He he uh as I say, he hasn't really shown that he meshes well with the unit they have out right now. And he's getting too much money to not to not do that. So I, I think he's better off going back to Houston. I mean, he's not gonna really do much there. I think John Wall is a better fit for the scheme, like you guys were saying. And now with Anthony Davis back, they gotta go on a run here now or this season's lost. Matt, what do you guys say? Matt. Boy, you just got caught again. No, nah, my connection was glitching. I, it's like it got frozen for a second. Is, is it good? Yeah, you're good. That's right. a nice save right there. I'll let Not that slide. For real, for real. Uh-huh. But um, I, I, I agree with you guys. I think John Wall would be a better fit for the scheme. But ultimately, I don't think it'll make much of a difference. They're essentially the same player in the same package. Both ball-dominant guards who don't have good shots, uh, jump shots. If you want to make the argument, John Wall can stretch the floor a little bit better than uh, Russell Westbrook. I would agree, but barely. I mean, the man hasn't shot above 36% from three besides one time, and that was 2018. So you're you're not it's not like you're, you're upgrading to Damian Lillard or an average shooter. Sure. He's still a poor shooter. So, I mean, if you want to say he's going to turn the ball over less, I do agree with that. But you, have, you guys have to remember – he has something to prove. I don't think he's gonna he's gonna gel as well as you guys think he is, as well as to Maz's point, because he's coming off an injury. He wants to prove that he still has it. Um, I know he's looking to, to. A lot of people have been talking about how he isn't the same type of player. He's he's fell off. I think he's gonna try and he may come out and force the uh, force things like Russell Westbrook did because he has so much to prove. And and to me, I just want to say this: John Wall to me had probably the one of the more disappointing careers. Just because of the hype he had coming out of Kentucky. You guys remember him, all the hype, him coming out doing the Dougie. The man made, what, two, three All-Star games? Dude was doing the John Wall, bro. The John Wall. The rappers were dropping bars and name-dropping him in songs. He had songs written about him. The man never <laughs> – has he even made it to the playoff? I think he made it to the playoff like twice. 
he's never really been considered a top three point guard ever, especially now that he's older and he's not as fast. I just, I mean, if you want to make, but is that his fault though? I think he was on the Wizards. I mean, he was on the Wizards, man. The Wizards. Jay just said he was on the Wizards. I mean, like, dude, that front I mean, office. He had Bradley Beal, but like, I mean, but how long did he have Bradley like, Beal for? Too. I'm, not, I'm not saying it's all him. I'm not saying that he had like he's the reason why the sole reason why they make the playoffs. But he he didn't he didn't he didn't carry them either. But I just think Bradley like, Beal wasn't doing that, was, that thing, bro. Right, Bradley Beal was yeah, not I the saw, same caliber. Wait, wait, yeah, hold, I saw hold, John Wall I, and Bradley Beal live, and John Wall was doing his thing, when, and he was healthy too. Like, right, but I think the best thing. I think the best thing you could do is, as Maz mentioned, if you want to just get rid of the Russell Westbrook contract, then I think sure. But I don't think adding John Wall isn't putting this team above anybody. No, it's just something like, hey, dude, it might gel chemistry-wise better because he'll know his role. He shoots a better mid-range shot, so it's it's not much more spacing. He's a slightly better three-point shooter than Russell Westbrook is from deep, but he's a much better shooter than Westbrook from the mid-range. So it does give you more spacing. I'm not saying it's necessarily going to give win you a championship. I'm saying mm-hmm. it. He, I think it could gel better. And then Davis and LeBron are obviously going to be the main reasons if they were to, to get that far. But nonetheless, even if it don't work out, you still clear up the cap space to move forward with the easier rebuild. Yeah, because so- not many people want to take on that contract, man, especially when he's not putting up all-star numbers right now. Go ahead, Ed. Yeah, or, yeah, so or they can John- kind of do, do like a three-way trade somehow, like with another team maybe. But I don't know. I don't know, like a three-way package. I don't know. But. Yeah, I, I don't know how the trade would work out. And maybe Lakers would have to give him some cash considerations. But John Wall, no games played yet this season. We still haven't seen much of him in, last year. He had a down year. But we're going to stick with the Lakers here and going forward. Anthony Davis made his return tonight against the Brooklyn Nets. That game wrapped up a 106-96 win for the Los Angeles Lakers. In that game, in 25 minutes, Anthony Davis had eight points, only two rebounds, two assists, four blocks, and four fouls. So not a great game to come back to. I mean, Lakers still got like, the win, but that first, that first uh, toss to AD for the alley was sick, though. Like, we missed that. Uh I mean, it's like Clay Thompson, like coming back from an injury. Like, it's not like I, I, I'm not expecting him to go off like for like 12 rebounds and like 10 assists and 25 points. Like, I mean, yeah, he had eight points, but I mean, I mean, he has to get back to himself. I think he had an NCL. Clay missed two seasons. Anthony Davis missed. A but month. still, but still, like you can't just like you know put all that pressure on AD to go off. You know, like he missed a month. I know, just a month. But, like, with any knee injury, like, you need to be careful with that. Um, Because I know the ACL and MCL are a different part of the knee. But, I mean, still, like, yeah, Clay had more time off with the injury and with the Achilles. But still, like, AD is fragile, man, with the injuries, man. So you can't, like, expect him to go off, like, for the – but he needs time to get back with the team. But he's going to do good, I I believe. I question the minutes, dude. I mean, the dude is the last – Dude, you're playing him 25 minutes. I didn't expect him to do much. Uh, um, I'm glad he came back against the Nets. But I mean, they got Claxton, but there's nobody that's really that physical down low for their team. Uh, KD's out. This was just a nice little warm up game to try and get going again. Um, for like ne- if like next week he ain't starting to look like himself, yeah, I'm still worried. But once again, I'm questioning Vogel for playing him for 25 minutes. I mean, granted, he still brings a lot of help on the defense, but. 
I don't know, man. I, I'm just I'm so afraid whenever Davis is on the floor because there's always the chance of him injuring himself again. And obviously, you got to utilize him. But I would like to see them start. You know, I mean, like they already do like some load management with him at times. I just think dude just got back, and I think 25 minutes is a lot to be asking for a guy who is literally Charmin Ultra. Matt, what do you guys say about it? Um, I think Anthony Davis, like I said, as, as Jordan pointed out, I don't think anybody expected him to have a monster game in his first return. I think it's actually harder for him uh, to return and play at that level he was at compared to Klay Thompson. Because Klay Thompson was a shooter. Shooters usually recover off injuries faster than players that rely more on uh, athleticism, like uh, Anthony Davis, even though Anthony Davis is clearly skilled. Uh, I think it's going to take him a little more time. Uh, I, I do think well, obviously, he's a key factor for this team. He does a lot for them scoring-wise. He's the second option offensively. Defensively, we know what he's capable of. Um, I, I still have them losing in the, in the play. I still don't have them winning the championship, even with Anthony Davis's return. And I'm going to say this. This may be very controversial. Now, how, how can I say this? I think Anthony Davis is the best, but also might be one of the worst things that happened to the Lakers of recency, like recently. Because I feel like the Lakers probably slightly overrated Anthony Davis. Not as a talent, but what he can do. Because you remember, he was brought to this team to take the the uh, the torch from LeBron. He was supposed to be better than LeBron this year. He hasn't lived up to this. He's always been glass, like you guys have said. Um, but I think the Lakers semi-overrated him. Because think about it. Whenever he was the first option, look what he did in New Orleans. He And he had pieces around him, too. With the playoff, Rondo, the Boogie Cousins, Drew Holiday. He's had solid players. He never lifted that franchise. He's he's uh he's fragile. I think going. I think I might move Anthony Davis within like the next two years, if I'm being honest. Because I don't think when LeBron's getting older, he's not getting any younger. Yes, he's playing at an elite level. Anthony Davis has proven that he's not. He I don't think he's ever going to be a number one option that can carry a team to a championship, and especially when LeBron leaves. And he's glass. Dude, I'm going to be honest with you. He was the number one option. The only reason why LeBron James got MVP that finals is because Davis was doing work and he iced him out of the game. Did My you boy see that bubble, gave, that bubble playoff? Like, that's that, what that we're run? talking about, man. That's yeah, what we're talking about right yeah, now. Yeah, the bubble, yeah. Hold on. Let me finish. Yeah, 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 boy, yeah, the bubble run. The bubble run. <laughs> that's literally what you just said. Jay, what are you doing right now, my brother? Anyway. My boy Gabe is the biggest LeBron fan that I know. And he even called me up in the middle of that final. I was like, dude, I don't know what LeBron's doing. He always makes the right play. Davis is on that mismatch down low, and he just won't go to it. LeBron showed the selfishness, man. I think LeBron, I think LeBron James cannot get it done without Anthony Davis. The West is just too hard. Obviously, yeah, if Davis can't stay healthy, I'm thinking about shipping him out. And if you're going to do that, you might as well do it sooner than later but you gotta wait until after this run with lebron you can't do nothing until lebron leaves because they complement each other pretty nicely but i'm calling davis out right now he's the only hope that we have in going deep in the playoffs he's been playing like crap when he was healthy this season i don't care about the injuries you one of the best big mans in the league start taking over we we were saying that he was kobe s with hitting those final shots that's fine that's the difference between him and lebron is that he thrives for those last shots it don't matter he's got the killer in him the problem is is that he's got a glass framework start taking better care of yourself 
and you got to pull it together. I'm going to give you this slide on this first game back, but by in two weeks from now, you better start dominating like the big man you're supposed to be, all right? Because LeBron James has been put up in LeBron James, one of his biggest critics for years now. LeBron James has been putting in work for the Lakers as of lately, all right? Still not over the playoff run last year, but he making up for it slowly. But Davis really better get it going or – you know, we just screwed it. It is what it is. And they best be sure be looking at other options because this team just ain't it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Hey, 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 and speaking of the like the Southern Lakers and Nets, I just saw a report, um, a new report. I know it was on, on the on the topics today, but I think it was a new report that Harden, uh, he might test a frequency because he doesn't like with the whole Kyrie situation and the whole, um, you know, he don't like living in Brooklyn. Like, what, like, what do you think about that? Do you think that, you know, they're going to ship him off next I mean, I know this is not on the topic list, but now, we, we can quickly touch this. I breaking mean, news. I mean, we, we can quickly touch this, but uh, yeah, I mean, fan, James yeah. Harden, he's had a, a a good season. I mean, if we're talking about just as a player, he's having a good season. But for James Harden and what we're paying him and what we we gave up for him, he's just not really being what we want him to be. I mean, he's twenty two points average. He's he's got he's averaging ten assists a game, so he's averaging double double. He's having a good season, but I mean, without KD, he's got to sort of step up. And, and the Nets have not really looked good since KD's went down. The Nets need to sort of figure out what they want to be, and I think they want to be in a team that can drop one hundred and thirty on their, on a team and come out of the victory. But they so you saw on Sunday they lost one thirty six one twenty five to the Timberwolves. Their defense is not there. Ky- he doesn't like the way that Kyrie's been playing. To be quite honest. I don't like the way Kyrie I handle Kyrie right now. Anyway, he's not playing that many games. He's not helping the team win when they're on, on the road in other cities where they don't allow uh, COVID players. He's getting a little frustrated. He feels like the team's not valuing him as much as the other two, and I don't blame him. He's, the Nets are not going to win the championship this year. I'm saying it right now as a Nets fan. This team does not look like they're they're eyeing championship goals. They're just looking to keep their big three happy and not worry about what comes along with the big three, and that's what. Yeah, I heard that Philly's in the um, they're, they're going to wait to the all season and cut, try to get Harden. Um, I mean, we touched but, on this last part podcast, man. Yeah. That if they <laughs> trade Simmons and and Tobias Harris, it's the best move for both teams if the money lines up. James Harden's a former MVP, multiple scoring titles. I mean, he gets it done. He got it. Like, listen, I, the Brooklyn Nets don't have much outside of their big three. They got Patty Mills. And that's basically it, in my opinion. I mean, Claxton's showing some signs. And then you got, you know, Blake and LaMarcus Aldridge, whatever. But James Harden still put up 33 tonight. I know the game before, he put up like 13. It was an awful night, but people have bad nights. Um, At the end of the day, man, it, he's definitely got to get out of there. As Ant just said, they don't have any defense. Defense helps you win championships. You can't expect to put up 133 points every night, man. It's just better if they get rid of somebody. And you know it ain't going to be KD, so it's got to be Kyrie or Harden. And I, I think getting Harden out of there is definitely the move. But you got to start looking for pieces. Stop looking for star power. Start looking for depth pieces. Because when you have Kyrie and KD... That's a lot of firepower. Here's the thing. More second unit. I do believe the Nets have been looking to build depth. These last few weeks, they've been testing out some young guys. They've been testing out some G League guys that I really like. I mean, Cam Thomas is one guy I really like. The uh, What's his name? Uh, Darren Sharp, another guy that they're testing out. These, these are a few guys that have – I mean, obviously Cam Thomas was the guy they drafted this year, but Darren Thomas, 
uh, Darren uh, Sharp was the guy that got in the G League this year. He dropped 20 points one game against the Bulls. I mean, they're, they're testing out young guys, which I like to see, but I don't think that's going to be what puts them over the edge. Dude, I'm not saying that they need to just go full-blown veteran like uh, the Lakers did because obviously that's not working out. But they need guys that they can just trust instead of just like looking to like these and also, young, what's his name? young guys, man. Joe Harris also has setback like, in his uh, ankle injury. So he's going to be out longer than expected. Exactly. So without dude. another a big offensive threat from the three-point line, they're, they're not going to be scoring as many points as they need to be. But if you look at him too, man, I mean, that guy legitimately cannot be your second option, dude. He thrives as like a fourth to fifth option kind of guy because you just kind of forget about him. He's going to nail that open shot. Where if you're looking – it's just there's just too much firepower. It's too many people need the ball. All right, there's too much ego going on right now. There's too much injury going on because their big three have all been down at some point within the last two seasons for extended period of times. The experiment didn't work. It is what it is. Move on from it. At least this time, we're not left with no draft picks like the last time. So, hmm. Matt, what, what do you what do you think from this hard situation? Uh, well, you guys know my original stance from last episode. I think I don't feel. One ounce of, of of remorse or sorrow for James Harden. He wanted this. He forced his way. What does he think this is? Two K with the force trade. Like he thinks any situation where he's not happy, he's just gonna leave. Like no, we're not doing this. Like James Harden, you made your bed. You laid in it. You had you had CP three. You had high level players. I said like like I said, the OKC. I, I you get excused for that. OKC was just cheap and they want to pay you four million dollars to keep you on the roster. That's unex, uh, unexcusable from Sam Presti. No, nah, bro. They, well, didn't seen... they choose Ibaka over that? You said that last time. I thought they I thought they only had enough cap to either keep Harden or pay Ibaka, and they chose to go with Ibaka for the interior defense. They could, no, they, they could. They, 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 it was between those two, but they could have. Uh, they also could have got Harden, but they Harden wanted an extra $4 million. He wanted more money for them, and they said, no, we're not going to give it to you. We're going to give it to Ibaka. So yeah, they're bugging, dude. I mean, listen, right. you should have paid Harden. I mean, ah, I don't. None of us don't. Anybody sit there and say that they thought that James Harden was going to be a, an MVP? We did not think that. We did not think he's a great player. Don't get me wrong; he was a great player for OKC, but it is right. what it is. And and the in the age that we live in right now, I'm gonna give him a pass because everybody's jumping teams like crazy. So why shouldn't he? Yeah, I mean, James Harden has definitely been a top ten player in the NBA. For the last, I should say, six, seven seasons. He's right. definitely emerged as the top shooting guard for a little bit. Has an MVP under his belt, like you said. But this Nets team, it, it just looks off, you know? I mean, I, I don't know what else to put it. It it, it, they're, they're, it does look off, Ant. But I, I think that they, they still need time. They've only been together a year and a half. They're acting like they've been together for five years, and it just hasn't yeah. worked. Injuries, they, the, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals, and injuries was the only reason why they didn't get past this Bucks team. No, yeah. they, yes, they had their issues. Kyrie uh, not playing the home games. Uh, James Harden is making a talking about how he doesn't want to be there. Uh, Kevin Durant just got injured. We still have. I also seen just get the them collectively at the same time. I think I also just get the. More. I also just get the impression that Steve Nash just doesn't want to coach anymore. He just looks so fed <laughs> up every time I watch a Nets game. I just don't think he. He. I think he just liked being that like sort of personal trainer role for like KD and everything. He just doesn't. I don't know. Demand he's not Steve Kerr, bro. Yeah, he, he, Steve Kerr. Even though he had the talent, he demands stuff from his players. He demands sure. that you go out there. Uh, Steve Nash just is like, 
do whatever you need to do. Like, do what you yeah. want. I, I mean, mean did, did you, you hear Kyrie you guys are all free spirits. I mean, they're, you, you, they're a grown men. You got to give them somewhat like a, of a free spirit. But no, nah, bro, he's day, managing personalities. Them. He's not yeah. coaching. He's just managing exactly. egos, bro. So Steve Nash, Stop coddling, I, bro. Put the foot down and lay the hammer. Be like, did, start playing did, did, did some you, defense for crying out loud. Dude, how many good coaches do we know that got guys that are just like Kyrie, just like Harden, and got them playing outstanding defense and taking their game to the next level by holding by holding them accountable? Steve Nash ain't doing that. I don't think coaches have ever done that to either one of these players right now. Get your defense up, and maybe you guys could actually get something going. Be- and it is what it is. And I'm 100% with you on Steve Nash not doing enough because he's just coddling everybody. Because, quite frankly, you're dealing with three fragile egos right now. Yeah, and I, mean, I, I, I do remember. What, uh, I don't think Steve Nash is even respected. I mean, what was Kyrie's remarks before the the hiring? Even he's like, "Oh, we don't even really need to be coached." I mean, that told you everything you needed to know at that point in time. They don't have respect for this man. They just bought him in because they, they. I think they brought him. Why? Him in, why don't him they? He's a, he's one of the all time greats, bro. I know, but he's overrated. But think about it. Who's better, Irving or, or Steve Nash? I think most people would choose Irving. KD. I think all. All three, the big three, each one of them individually is better than Steve Nash, and that's why they don't I respect him. That. That's why they don't respect him. They feel like, what can you tell me when I'm be- we're all better than you? You know, I think that's why they brought him in because they wanted that. Ah, they wanted I gotta to get disagree though. I, I think that's what they might be thinking at times. I, I'm not disagreeing with you there, but first off, Steve Nash MVP is one of the most least earned MVPs I've ever seen in my life. Thank you. Shaq and Kobe could have won either one of those. The fact that Nash has two. Kobe only has one travesty. Ridiculous. Don't even get me started with that. But yeah. you know, it, it is it is what it is. That's history. I mean, Steve Nash, great point guard. Steve Nash was a wizard out there, but could Steve Nash put a team on his back like KD can? Did was his MVP season as electrifying as Harden's was? Is he as skilled as Kyrie? I think two out of those three debates, I don't I don't think he is. I think the closest one is the skills with Kyrie, and that's just because his passing and vision is just so amazing, and he can space the floor. But I, I don't know, man. Yeah, It's, 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 it's just craziness yeah, going down. The Nets down are definitely in some murky waters as a Nets fan. It's not good to see. But we're going to start heading over our next topic, and it's a team that we really haven't talked about much here on the JJL Sports Talk Show. And that is the Phoenix Suns. Wow. Like, coming off an NBA Finals appearance where most of them said they they really shouldn't have been in it, this team has sort of just continued their dominance. They're still the only team right now in the NBA with the single-digit losses. They only have nine losses right now. And they have eight players with 40 games or more who are averaging over 10 points a game. Ridiculous. This, this Suns team is legit. And they, right now, with the Warriors sort of plummeting, are right now the favorites to win the West. And I'm going to start heading over to Maz to uh, start this topic off for us. Dude, I mean, what can you say? You want to talk about good coaches, man, and that just do it all? Monty Williams, man, so underrated. I, I thought Monty Williams should have been the coach of the the year last year he didn't get the awards uh he got it by the coaches um like like the coaches like association but he didn't get it from like the league i believe and he 100 deserved that award i mean especially dude the valley oop 
It's like the Mona Lisa of basketball in terms of drawing up a play. That was awesome with Aiton. And here they are getting it done again. And you see the balance. You got the veteran po- the veteran point guard, Chris Paul, just directing traffic out there. The young assassin in Devin Booker. And then you got a young big man in Aiton. And then they bring in JaVale McGee to help uh, deal with the load for um, Aiton because we've seen at times like, you know, he started gassing out and then they didn't really have a true big man. I mean, they brought in like Saric and Kaminsky, but they weren't just as dominant where JaVale brings that big man defense. And these guys, no matter who it is, they always have depth getting it done. I mean, Cam Johnson been slinging it in two. So this is just a, a complete team and everybody's buying in. This is the same mindset that is lacking in Brooklyn, as we were just talking about. I see them going pretty far. They're the team to beat in the entire league. You know that they're hurting off that last um, loss with the Bucks, and things not going their way. And nonetheless, here we are. I think Phoenix is coming back on the revenge tour. Yeah, I just want to go over to Jay, man. You're, you see the Suns a lot, man. Both of you, you and Maz, as Laker fans. Devin Booker's emerged as a, as a big piece in this offense, 24 points per game. I mean, we talk about Chris Paul and his distributing aspect, 10 assists per game. Aiton is a great rebounder, defensive monster down low. How far do you see this Suns team going this year? That's you, big Yeah, guess. like I see I – guess I, I, was, I was on – I was looking at their stats. I know um, – I mean, I see I see them take – I see them going far. Um because just because they have a mixture of see this is the if you're Frank Vogel or the front office of the Lakers we should look at the model of the Suns great coach they have a mixture of uh, Suns have a mixture of young and old players I mean Drake like Jay Crowder is kind of like up there in age but still can produce got Chris Paul uh, old head OG is still dishing out assists like his like back when he was in like on the Hornets. Uh, going back to old days, Booker, he, I mean, still in his 20s. Um, Aiton, still in his 20s. Uh, like, kind of reminds me of, like, of, like, that Joe Burrow and uh, Jamar Chase with, um, with Aiton and, um, with Aiton and Booker, uh, you know, with that connection, with that connection. So, I mean, and, and plus, we've been talking about, about this, like, like, under the rug scandals going on, like, with, like, keeping that under wraps with that, with the owner. That could be a distraction, but obviously that's not. Um, I think last night they played the Utah Jazz, and I think they had. I don't think the. I don't. I think Aiton was out. I believe, and some of their key players were, were out on both sides, and he still won. Um, but yeah, I see them going far, man. Um, like you said, man, uh, Warriors are kind of struggling. Curry's kind of like on a on a cold streak right now. Um, so. Yeah, I see them taking advantage of the, of the West, and like we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, I I generally do like this Suns team. They they're very deep. They got the elements that they need to win. A great coach, great shooting, great rebounding, great defense. That's the that's probably the, the big four you need. And, and right now in the West, we we were talking a little bit about who we like last week, but I mean. You really think Utah or Gold? I mean, I could see Golden State if they they regain their hotness, which eventually is going to happen. But other than the Golden State, I really don't see anyone just beating the Suns team in a seven game format. Matt, what do you guys say about this? Yeah, I have to agree with you, Ant. I don't see anybody in the West beating them besides potentially the Warriors. 
Uh, I know Utah is a really good team. Uh, the Lakers, you never, you can never count out LeBron James and a healthy Anthony Davis. But I just feel that they're, they're just the most well-balanced team. They literally only have one weakness, one weakness. They have everything else but an, a real, and I would say, I don't want to say a lack of interior pres- presence because they do have Aiton and they just got JaVale McGee. But I've said if you did have to point to a weakness, that's probably their biggest weakness because look at what happened when they went up against a team that had elite bigs like Milwaukee. They got exposed. They had no answer for that. I think that's the only way to beat them. Because look at their guards. You guys. They didn't have JaVale, though. Look, JaVale isn't stopping at Giannis. He's not. Dude, I'm going to be honest with you. you If you have JaVale and Aiton down there, now you're talking about some serious bodies that probably could have slowed Giannis down, especially, I mean, JaVale's great at getting blocks. He's a great interior defender. He's not a superstar, but he's 100% if they would have right. had And you're goal. also forgetting about Bismack Biombo too. Another great shot blocker. For sure. You know what I'm saying? I mean, dude, if you have those bodies against – look at why they went and got those two. It was literally like, hey – we might be seeing the Bucks in the finals again. Right. This time we're going to be ready to shut down Giannis because the team is already good enough to compete out with what they had with the rest of the league. It's just, hey, that was our big problem. Now we got these bodies. I, I don't know, dude. They play the Bucks again. Well, let me, let me continue. Let me, let me, we, we can talk about that. But um, I just think, like, I think that's if you had to point, I said, if you had to point out a weakness, I think that's probably still the biggest uh, weakness they have. But if you look at it, they got shooting, perimeter shooting. They're unselfish. You have Chris Paul and a veteran with a experience, playoff experience who gets it done wherever he goes. The team always succeeds. You got Mikel Bridges might be uh, – he should definitely be in consideration for player, defensive player of the year because every player he guards, he clamps. Well, I mean, not, not literally every game, but we've seen him against Steph. We've seen him against Dane. Whatever guard, high score, high-value shooting guard you want to name, he's covered them. He's done a great job uh, guarding them. DeAndre Ayton is still having a good year. They they are literally ten deep. That's what makes them so scary because they can literally play uh, 10, 11 players deep. If you want to uh, count Bismack Biombo, uh, they're eleven deep. They they really just have everything you're looking for. Unselfishness. You could just team. You could just tell by how how a team gels and uh, the camaraderie camaraderie that they have. But you can tell that they they really enjoy playing with each other. Devin Booker is Devin Booker. He's going to give you twenty to twenty five a night. I just think they're the team to beat in the West. But I honestly would still pick the Bucs over them. If they met again, even though they have JaVale McGee, because Chris Paul isn't playing quite as good as he was last season. And I feel that uh, with the Bucs now having a uh, a year together with their big three, I still would have the Bucs taking on the Suns. Because I'm not scared of JaVale McGee. Even though he's, a, I mean, Chris- he's a, definitely a high-energy player, good defensive player, I still don't think it's enough. Yeah, but good I mean, luck with Tim Go ahead, go ahead, bro. Good luck with Giannis trying to run through JaVale McGee and Bismack Biombo. I mean, that was the problem. Eight was getting into foul trouble, right? Because Giannis is going in there and getting them fouls. He's going to get wear down going against them, man. I do not trust no. the Bucks' big three. I don't trust two. Chris Middleton, streaky. Uh, Drew Holiday, elite defender. But where's the offense really been at times? I don't know, man. I Yeah, you got Giannis, but Booker got another year under the belt getting better you still got chris paul doesn't have to do as much because that team is is a year older they're they're deep they got the interior presence it doesn't come down to chris paul because at the end of the day he's just going to be distributing devin booker 
will get the job done, especially if the guys can take care of it inside and they have the bodies to take care of Giannis inside. Not that Giannis still ain't going to get his. It's just they're going to stop him from going for 50 points and stuff like that, man. They're going to wear him down. That's a lot of big bodies, a lot of muscle to go through. And they, as opposed to going up against Dario Saric and Frank Kaminsky, that's all they had down there outside of Aiton. They have two legitimate guys whose careers have been built on being interior forces on defense. And Jay, you want to say something real quick? No, I was saying that Chris Paul, I mean, he's averaging like 10.2 assists per game. I mean, he's still like, you know, yeah. even though he's like, um, you know, getting older, I mean, he's still like more wiser. I think one of the announcers uh, last night uh, said that like Chris Paul knows every rule, rule book, rule in the rule book. Like he knows everything. Like really, that's true. Like his mind is like, yeah. and it sucks that any like, team he, he goes to, man. Yeah and, good. yeah, and I feel bad for the man because, like, he hasn't had a championship. I mean, I feel like he deserves one, man. And, like, 100% deserves you know. So, and, and I, mean, I, I mean, I feel like he should uh, – maybe not this year, but I feel like he should earn, like, an MVP award, man, because he does – he does – he does – Steve Nash he's won very, two. Chris Paul does uh, the same thing, hasn't won any. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, I, like give the man his flowers, man, and, like, like – a lot of people think he, like a, a lot of people are, are 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 shocked that he's producing at this old age. But I'm not shocked at all. Like he's doing good, still shoots the ball well, passes the ball with efficiency. So I mean, I take my hat off to uh, for, to Chris Paul, man. Like, all right, yeah. And, I mean, and we said Suns- we said that the Sun. Uh, one quick thing, we we talk about the Suns depth. The Bucks, the Bucks are ten deep too. You got Pat uh, Connington, Giannis, Grayson Allen. Uh, where is that? Where's Hill, the deep? Please tell me where the deepness is, man. What? Brooke Lopez, Chris Grace Allen? You're, you're going to go and say Grace and Allen is depth? Come on, he, dude. He's capable. I'm saying capable. He's a capable scorer off the bench. Dude, we'll we'll, we'll a... stick with Grace and Allen in a little bit. Hold on. Dude, yeah. I can't Bob, see that guy. What a bum. He is. What a bum. Bobby Portis, Wesley Matthews. Okay. They got pieces. They got they got some solid bench pieces. Um, they match up relatively well. Wesley Matthews. Okay. Yeah. All fair. right. So, Suns looking good. They're uh right now sitting at thirty-seven and nine, top the of the uh, Western Conference right now. So, Suns looking good. What's wrong, brother? What's wrong, man? What's wrong? He just got me tight, dude. (laughs) He said the Bucks got depth. Grayson Allen, hell out of here, man. Yeah, Grayson Allen is good at his nine ten deep. They're nine ten. All right, I'm about to talk about Grayson Allen right now. We're about to final story of the night. Alex Caruso, broken wrist, should be out about six weeks off of Grayson Allen. A little cheap play. Uh, West weren't really looking. Grayson Allen received the one-game suspension afterwards. Uh, this is our last story tonight. It's not not, a, not as big as the story as the other ones we were talking about, but Grayson Allen has a history going all the way back to Duke. And I know Jordan John-Louis is our Duke fan here, and he's a, more of a Grayson Allen supporter than the rest of us. So, Jay, take it away. I mean, like – I'm not. I mean, I would mean he's he's when he's on his right in his right mindset, he's a good player. But like he, I'm not really like a Grayson Allen. Like you know, I'm not for him, whatever. But like, I mean, he that play was was dangerous. I mean, people when people when the first after the play, like on social media, like people were like, oh wow, he really did that. Like, but people are like. Shouldn't be shocked because he like like Ann said he did that did some things trip some people in Duke at Duke um, unintentionally or intentionally, 
Um, so, I mean, that play was very blatant. It was very obvious. I mean, I think it deserved a one-game suspension, maybe maybe a two- or three-game suspension because, I mean, I think the coach was like, that could have ended his like his season. Like, the way, like, you know, like, because I think Caruso was ahead of him by, like, a foot or two, and Grayson Allen just, like, trucked him. So, I mean, so, I mean, it is it is what it is. I think the NBA gave him one game, uh, one game. I think it, I think it should have been longer uh, because it was just a dangerous play. Um, but when Grayson Allen is in his right mindset and, like, it's not that crazy, I think he's a good – he's a shooter. Um, but, yeah, very, very dangerous play. Maz, you were you were trash talking Grayson Allen. Give it to me right now. The kid's bush league, bro. He's been doing this dumb stuff ever since Duke with the tripping. I mean, how? I don't know, bro. I'm about to get a fine right now. Once scum, always scum, dude. Like, I just can't stand the kid. He doesn't even make a play on the ball. It just absolutely goes after Caruso's arms, in my opinion. Then coming back with the second one, like, dude, you got to make a play on the ball. I just don't know what he's thinking. I, I'm annoyed the kid's even in the league, to be honest. Um, I don't know, man. He He's just – it is what it is. I, I know the kid's averaging like 11.8 points. He can bring value, but he's just somebody that like when you watch, it, it's not like – it's not like Draymond where it's like, okay, the guy's annoying, but he's, you know, he's going out there and like – still competing this guy's just going out there and it's just like he's mentally weak gets frustrated and then just does something stupid because he, he's like like throwing like a temper tantrum for not getting his way or, or whatever and every time i see this guy i just cringe and i feel bad forever's going against him because i just know that there's a possibility of him just pulling out something dirty just for the sake of being dirty not to like save it's not like this was like a foul where it's like all right this is gonna be like an easy layup let me put this guy at the line it's no the guy legitimately went out there doesn't even make a play on the ball. And, and quite frankly, I think he was trying to injure Caruso. I don't think he thought he was going to break his wrist, but he just went out there and, and just went to go give a hard foul for the sake of giving a hard foul. Like, I don't know, dude. I'm not a fan of the brand of basketball that this kid brings. I think he's a dirty player. I, I don't think it's one of those, oh, a guy that you would love to have on your team, but you hate to play against him. I just think he's just an all-around POS. Like, it is what it is. I don't know him personally. I can only tell you from on-court act antics, but the kid is just a child to me, and I can't stand watching him play. I, I just can't stand seeing him because he's just such scum, dude. Matt, you saw the play too. What is What were your reactions from it? Uh, he definitely deserved more than one game. I have to agree with Jordan on that, especially due to his reputation. Like you said, he's been doing this since his college days at Duke. He, in my opinion... The, the NBA should have definitely came down hard on him. He should have been out for at least three, I would say three to five games. I think you have to, I think he should have, uh, uh, Adam Silver should have put his foot down more and just be show, make an example out of him that this type of behavior is not acceptable in the league. I think, I think one game is, is cutting him some slack. Uh, thanks, Mass, for admitting that he was a, he's a decent player. 12 points a game, like I was saying, he's, he's a quality player. But he, I, I, I don't like his attitude either. It seems that whenever he gets frustrated, that's his first resort. He resorts to, to uh, dirty fouls, tripping people, kicking people. It's just, it's not cool. It's not fun to watch. And like Matt said, he doesn't give give off those Draymond Green vibes, those Marcus Smart vibes. You know those those players that play on the edge of dirtiness, but you don't, you know, they're not dirty. They just their desire to win is, is so great, and you can just feel that they they sometimes that their emotions get the best of them. That's not what this is. This guy, 
I just think he's like he's mad, mad said he's a POS man. <laughs> I never really liked him. I think he's a good shooter. Uh, if it wasn't for a good, if, if it wasn't for him being a capable shooter, I think he'd be out the league. But uh, that, that's what I have to say about that. And how do you guys think the loss of Caruso is going to affect the Chicago Bulls team, who's been predicated primarily on the defensive end of the ball? I'm going to, I'm going to start with Matt again. So Matt, what do you think of what the loss of Caruso is going to do? That hurts a lot. You can just see how bad the Lakers miss him, man. Alex Caruso is one of those players like a Draymond Green, like a Marcus Smart. He doesn't. He's one of those few players in NBA history that can score five points and have the second greatest impact on the entire game. Like he can get you four points, nine rebounds, five like four steals, maybe a couple of assists, and just not maybe not take over the game, but he's definitely a key factor. Like you say, he's a great defensive player. He usually guards the other team's best guard. Very active. You never hear any bet him uh have him uh, having any issues in the locker room with his teammates. All his teammates love him. Talk about his the energy he brings. He's clutch. He he's capable of knocking di- uh, long distance shots. Uh, I think he needs to work on his handling and maybe get a mid range game. But the athleticism is clearly there. You seen that poster he had a few weeks a few weeks ago. This man is is a legit starting caliber player. He deserves to be getting the money that he's getting from Chicago, and it does really hurt them. It really does. All right, Jay, what do you what do you guys say about Alex Crusoe injury? How's that hurt the Bulls? No, I think I I definitely agree with Matt. Um, I mean, we, I mean, I, I, maybe Matt can back me up, but maybe I mean we do miss him on the Lakers. I mean, because he not because of his, of his scoring, but of this like this like hustle and you know he wears his heart on his sleeve. Um, uh, he's, I think he's very, very underrated. Like you know, like with his like defensive abilities, um, and yeah, it's gonna be. I don't know how long he's out for. Maybe a, a couple of weeks, but yeah, I, I think that's gonna really hurt their. You know, they're just gonna make them. You know, not tank, but kind of like you know, like they're gonna miss his like defensive uh, effort because like he, he will, he will like, he will scrap. He will scrap for a ball. He will die for a ball, and. Uh, what do they call it on the liquors on the, the Caruso? So I mean, like, so like with this Duncan and posterizing and like, yeah, they're gonna miss all that. So I mean, hopefully he has a speedy recovery. I know the Chicago doctors are really, really, you know, even the NBA they're really good with that, you know, recovering people and players. So speedy recovery. Hopefully he gets back healthy. And um yeah. before you move on to, to before you move on to Madison, I wanna ask, do you all think well without Alex Caruso, this team will fall out of the top three? Oh, you don't think the impact would be that great? I don't think, I, so, because they have I don't think it's gonna be that drastic. I still think they got yeah, great scores and Demar and Zach would be at the top, and then he's still got Vucevic. You still got Lonzo Ball. This team is still geared to win right now, and I, I don't think Caruso. He's a great role player. He comes in probably the, the second or third guy off the bench. It's gonna impact a few games. They'll probably have a loss here or there just because they're gonna miss his presence. But I don't think that's just gonna completely take him out of the top three. Well, and you just completely missed something, my man. No, no disrespect, but we talked about the last basketball podcast that Lonzo Ball is out. Alex Caruso, next man up, is also out. That's um, right. That's right. So. You know, so they're definitely going to uh, be missing Alex Caruso. Like, it, it's bad just to see him go down. But if you had Lonzo, obviously it's like, hey, we they they can still manage for sure. But with both of them going out, I mean you're missing a lot of defense. And I think all of that just basically falls on Kobe White to step up and do his thing, man. I think you need Vucevic to step up a little bit. 
you're you're not guard heavy. You just need you got to go out there. You basically got to play Caruso ball if you're Kobe White. You got to be hustling. You know he has better vision than Caruso. You just need somebody to step up and just obviously not take over games. Just play a role, and obviously Zach Levine. Vucevic and especially DeMar DeRozan need to find a way to get the job done. I don't think they fall out of the top three, but it's definitely going to be a rough one because this is becoming a guard-oriented game, and you have two of, of the best defenders at the guard position, and you're going to be missing them. So somebody's got to step up, but I just think they still have enough talent to still maintain within the top three. And I, I hate to see Cruz go down like that. I don't know if I'm missing him on the Lakers. Like I'm missing the energy and the hustle that he brings, but I felt that – Vogel just trusted him too much in crucial situations, for my opinion, for the team that like we had. Like, I'm sorry, I don't want to see Alex Caruso out there taking the last shot at times as we've seen him do in, in crucial minutes under Vogel. I think he's a great player. I think he brings great depth. I think he's one of those high-impact, high-energy, just going to hustle, scrap, and grind out there. But He's not a guy that I want to see in clutch minutes, to be completely honest with you. If you need a stop, sure. Like, but man, I, it's hard. Like, I, I have like a love-hate relationship for Alex Caruso, but I don't want to see him go down, especially on a Bush League player like that. Like, that was ridiculous, man. Right. And granted, I don't think Allen thought he was going to break his wrist, but that was the result of his bonehead decision. And not a mistake decision, you know. Right. I, I, think, I think it's entirely possible that they fall out of the top three, though, because they're only two games ahead of Brooklyn uh, at the two seed. What then is Brooklyn's Brooklyn going to do, though? Then Brooklyn's third. And then Milwaukee's only four games behind them. And Milwaukee's on a, a three-game win streak. Meanwhile, Chicago's lost three out of their last – I mean, has uh, only won three out of their last ten. So well, I, here's I my prediction. They, they fall to, uh, Dude, to fourth. Br- Brooklyn's going down out of the top three before them. I could see them dropping a bit with – I believe it's Miami is up there with them. And – um. The Bucks climbing up, but I, they'll still would be within the top three. The Nets are definitely without KD and the stuff that's going on with Harden and Kyrie and stuff. They're falling before Chicago is. Because, dude, I mean, granted, they've lost Lonzo. They lost Caruso. They still have three big pieces, three important pieces. DeMar DeRozan's been in the MVP debate at times this year, you know? Right. Yeah. When is KD supposed to come back? After All-Star break, I think. Yeah, he's definitely missing the All-Star game. So they're going to be missing him, dude, especially Kyrie can't play every game. Harden is already frustrated and having streaky performances, 33 one night, 13 the other. He's got to find a way to manage, and he has no depth. At least Chicago has depth. I mean, listen, here's here's the thing, though, right? Lonzo Caruso go down, you still have Kobe White. I could think of way worse third option point guards. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. Chicago's okay. going to be all right. So Alex Caruso, in in the 28 games this season, he averages around 28 minutes. Eight, uh, eight points, four rebounds, four assists. A crucial role player lost. And Grayson Allen, one game suspension. But that's going to do it tonight for the JJL Sports Talk Show. Great show tonight, guys. You can catch us anywhere you get your podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube. This is going to go up in a little bit. Uh Give us a little shout out wherever you can. Love, we love anyone. Give us any questions that you need, any stories that you want to break. Give it to us. I'm gonna pass it to the panel. Any last words you guys want to say? Did we all pick Rams Chiefs for the Super Bowl? Yes. No, no, Maz took Cincinnati. I took Cincy, bro. I'm oh, probably gonna Cincinnati? be wrong, oh, yeah, but like, yo, it is what it is. 
But as Ant said, you can find us everywhere. You already know what it is. Yep. We'll be back next week. Go ahead, yes, Big sir. J. Yeah, man. I'm a, so I'm Jordan. Um, you know the founder of the of the show, and I, I'm like all my all my all my colleagues, wonderful colleagues. Um, just like Ant said, um, the support. Like you know, download, subscribe to the channel. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, um, I found in my bio the link tree just to have the app Spotify links right, right, right on there. Um, yeah, so just share if you, if you know anybody that hasn't really watched the show, share it with them, get it going, and uh, yeah, we'll um, we'll be back real soon, fellas. Yes, sir. All right. See you guys later.